Welcome to Kilgown's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgown, sit down and drink with friends from all different walks of life, mostly comedians, but I've also had a wrestler, I've had a reality television star, you could say, and um, we drink and just talk about what's going on in the world, you know? We try to recreate the bar conversation that everyone knows and loves. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, that's at Kilgown's Pub. Give myself a follow, that's at Joe Kilgown. You can like me on Facebook, too. I'm also on Instagram. I just post a, a beautiful picture of a fresh haircut I got. Really happy with this haircut. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, I got a fun one in store for you, but here's something long overdue. I've been meaning to open the podcast with some thank yous, and there's been some people who um, I'm very grateful for. I want to give a shout out to uh, Kevin Olsta. Listener Kevin Olsta wrote a review on iTunes. Like I said before, review us on iTunes. Rate us. Give us that five-star rating. It goes a long way. It really does help more people find out about the podcast. We are in episode 13 after all. I want to get the word out. So thanks to Kevin Olsta. And also, big, big thanks to uh, Loretta Ray, uh, who I met at the Improv in Schaumburg, Illinois, about a few months ago now. I think it was about a couple months ago or maybe a month ago. I don't know. Time goes by. It's already June, people. And uh, she has been helping me out with some graphics and really promoting the podcast and is just an awesome person. And uh, I can't thank her enough for all the stuff she's doing. So thank you very much, Loretta. And everyone else who's been finding out the po- about the podcast. Um, some great people discovered it through our last podcast that had Cole Cabana and Marty DeRosa on. That was a fun one. Those two acted like therapists for me, and I really appreciate them both. Uh, for those of you wondering, Cole Cabana was involved in a lawsuit, which we really couldn't talk about on the podcast, but he tweeted out today that he won. So congrats to Colt. Very happy for you, my man. And, um, and Marty's got a great podcast called Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, so definitely check that out. All right, do I get all the thank yous out of the way? I think I did. I think I did. All right, let's, let's drink. Let's have a good time. Uh, my guest today is a hilarious comedian, a regular at the Laugh Factory. Also, thanks to the Laugh Factory for letting me record the podcast in their podcast studio. Big thanks to uh, Brian and Ken and Curtis, all the people here at the Laugh Factory. The owner, Jamie Masada, got to thank him, even though I don't even think he knows I do this. We're in his office. He could walk in right now and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Um, so that could very well happen. But so, so thanks all around to those people. But my guest today, funny dude, uh, very funny, Chicago native like myself. Yeah, buddy. And also the first Puerto Rican on the podcast. Oh, shit. So, dude, if you mess this up, no more Puerto Ricans, man. You are representing all of them. If I had a quarter for every time I've heard that before. No. Are you really? No. No. I haven't even said your name. I'm usually, I'm, I'm, I'm like Fisher Price, my first Puerto Rican friend. Like, <laughs> I like that. So, I'm usually that guy. You're not my first Puerto Rican friend because I grew up in Chicago. I have a lot right, of Puerto Rican friends. True. I'll tell you about one of... Uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you a good story about a Puerto Rican in a second, which sounds like a horrible <laughs> a, a way. Puerto Rican. <laughs> Let me give you a story about one specific uh, Puerto Rican. You probably know them because you know all the Puerto Ricans. Uh, his name is Abby Sanchez. Thank oh, you, Abby, for yes. joining the podcast, man. Do you uh, remember when I me. said your name wrong once? Uh, it, you know what? It Everyone slipped, says though. It. I didn't mean to. I think I just came back to Chicago. Yeah. Like, we were at the improv in the green room, like, and I remember Abby. saying Abby on accident. But it was one of those things, as soon as I said I'm like, that's not right. And then right. you corrected me before I could, which is good for you, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I've gotten to the point where I, I just don't accept it anymore. <laughs> I just Because sometimes I got so used to it, and I was like, wait, why am I getting used to this? This is my name. Let me just correct people. You shouldn't accept that. Right. I'll give you an example. I'm going to call him out a little bit. Hopefully, I have him on the podcast. He's a New York comedian by way of Chicago. So Soren Choksi. Yeah. He used to be Soren. Everyone yeah. called him Soren. Yeah. And then after seven, eight years of friendship, he's like, actually, my name's pronounced Soren. Right. And I remember being that, like, no, sorry. That's you, impossible you to change. You had almost, yeah. you had years to correct us. <laughs> yes. That's where I was at. I was like, hold up. I'm still kind of fresh in comedy where I can correct people. Now, black comics don't give a fuck. They, like, whatever they've heard the first time, 
That's what I say. And it's cool. I cracked them and it, it just never fixes. Like, getting juice. Like, give it up for Aldi St. James. I'm like, who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> who is that? You know what, though? I, I'm i not going to correct black people and mess up my last name. I do. I but feel the thing like is, I've already people. I'm like, ah, fine. I've already lost a battle because they just don't give a fuck. I feel like you can because being a I, minority. I try. No, I legit, I've tried. And I'm just so white. If I'm like, excuse me, you're saying my name wrong. They're going to be like, ah, fuck you, Opie. You right know now, I mean? they give me even more you. shit. Exactly. <laughs> to spite you. Uh, yeah, so, no, you can't mess with that. But I remember when he told me, like, how oh, that you've been saying it wrong. Well, he wasn't a jerk about it. He was cool about it. But I think he just was like, enough's enough. This is my name. Right. I, I, I let it slide for too long. But, <laughs> and of course, I started calling him by his right name. But I'm like, there is a statute of limitations, my friend. Oh, there definitely has to be. On anything. Like, yeah. If we've known you, because I had a best friend. I've known him since I was eight years old. 40 now. So, 32 years. And... You're I've 40? Always, yeah. By the way, you I'm 33 and you look better than me. <laughs> I just, I I'm don't have any stress. I'm not saying better You look younger. <laughs> I do look younger, but I just don't have any stress in my life. Like, I'm not married with kids. Like, that adds years. It's like dog it years. After a certain while, that turns into dog years. Like, each year is at least, you add the year of your wife and your kids. So it was like at least two years. Even when you're happy, and I'm happy in both those relationships, father-son relationships, it's killer. I mean, it'd be, bad. It'd be weird if it wasn't because he's mean, 15 months old. You legit have something to worry about yes, all the time. That's, no, that's I where don't. the stress comes from. Honestly, My, that's where the stress is. Yeah. All I get is like, okay, make sure I don't trip over something and break an arm because I don't have health insurance. Like that's I was that, that I didn't have health insurance until I got married. Marrying a nurse is clutch if you don't have oh. health insurance like me. I was on that path, and then I broke up with the girl that was... <laughs> I always tell <laughs> a lot of comedians, follow, marry someone in the medical profession because they're yeah. taken care of Damn. slip up and break that arm like you're so worried about <laughs> i actually have these three questions i'm going to lay on you okay that i laid on colton marty something i want to start doing and i'm glad i'm just busting it on people i was talking about this with a friend of mine who's not a comedian but i was telling him about my idea for three questions for the podcast and i give you you don't have to answer all three you get to choose one of the three. Oh, okay I'm almost thinking maybe I should make you answer all three. Yeah, because I, what Col- if, I, if I have an answer for all three, I'm going to answer all Go three. Go for it. Yeah, that'd okay. be great. Because Colt dodged one that I was a little annoyed with. And I'll tell you in a second which one Colt dodged. And Marty probably dodged it because Colt dodged it. Anyway, though, my friend was like, are you going to tell them the questions ahead of time so they're prepared? I go, no. Hell no. Because I'm trying to recreate the bar setting, the pub setting. Right. When you meet, if you say to your buddy, hey, I'm going to go meet you down at the Cubby Bear in 10 minutes. By the way, here's some topics we're going to talk about. Right, that's no, weird. it's weird. You just go when you start shooting the shit. The best part is when someone reveals something to you, you're like, wait, what? And then, like, yeah. I've had some friends, somebody's like, you did, okay, that, that's goofy, but. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to handle the rest I of this I would hate night. for him to have warned me about this. Like, I'm going to have to tell you something that's. That's the worst. That's I even worse. No, the anticipation. Exactly, dude. I couldn't deal with that. The whole ride over right. there, you're thinking, what the hell is I would, going I would, on? I would make the worst, but if it's something goofy, they're like, oh, yeah, because then I might have done something similar. Well, you know what, dude? I, I think I've, maybe I've mentioned this on the podcast. I've gotten to the point now where when I have friends call me, because nobody calls each other anymore, right. I'm, I'm worried, okay, someone died. Something yes, horrible's happened. That's uh, it's just exactly how I feel. So I'm so used to text messages. I love it. I don't want. I hate talking on the phone. Me too. But the minute I get a phone call, I was like, "Fuck." Okay. The only one that doesn't have it is my mom, because she's always gonna call me because she's old school. You know, parents are different. Yes. You know, and then, different. but also, Does if your, it's like a text and then a call, I was like, "Oh shit, this is an emergency." Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I don't want. But if she just randomly calls me and is like, "Hey." What are you doing? Have you eaten? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, food at the that's, house. that's a parent move right there. Yeah. My dad and my mom actually do this where they call, I answer. Like, my dad will be like, hi, this is your father. 
And I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. Caller ID has been invented. I think there's a passive, and I also know your voice. What? But I think that's passive aggressive sometimes. We're like, hey, remember me? It's your father. But they just don't say it that way. Because my mom does it. She's like, if I call her, she'd be like, wow, I haven't seen you in two years. And it had been a week. Neither, like, by the way, neither of my parents have a passive aggressive bone in their body. They have an aggressive bone. <laughs> my parents have been long divorced, so I don't know why I'm lumping them together like it's a thing. But neither, that's just not a move they have. Well, that was a pre- that was a problem. They're both aggressive. That's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's two positive batteries <laughs> meeting each other. You know. Um, all right, so here, here I will. Let me get to the Puerto Rican story. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, I think you might dig this one. Because you were talking friend. about how you were, I dude. I don't think I think she's married. Actually, I think I'm still Facebook friends with her. But she was the it girl. You know the girl in grade school. Everyone's like, "Yeah." Yeah. There was a few, but I remember she had the. She dominated. I think seventh grade and eighth grade. Um, I'm not gonna say her name, but I'll say her first name because who cares? Christina was her name. Still bothers me thinking about this (laughs) in the past because you were joking about I'm everyone's first Puerto Rican friend. I went to a Chicago public grade school. A lot of Puerto Rican friends, and she was the first girl to be developed. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, of I remember. course you know what I mean. They <laughs> yeah. were huge, dude. They were not, They weren't big by seventh grade standards. They were big by human being stand. They were big like <laughs> holy shit! How? Well, what are you? Were they feeding you? There was a girl. Is there that a Puerto was a, Rican diet. I don't know about. Like what's going on? It's all fried food, man. I guess it's a man. bunch of fried food and pork and Goes right meat, rice it. and beans. Goes right but there was rack. a girl in my eighth grade class that she had a fucking baby because she was that developed. Somebody else was like, I don't give a fuck if you're in the eighth grade. But it was crazy. Was it another eighth grader? Or was it like an adult? Because the that hope is not an adult. Sad, I'm hoping it's a. I'm hoping it was an eighth grader or even a high school kid. <laughs> I have a lot of grade school friends who had uh, babies in high school. Too many. But really. she was eighth Ooh. grade. That's crazy. Too many. There was one girl. That kid grew up as her sister. <laughs> yeah, dude. Eighth grade. Think about that. Dude. Eighth I had grade. A friend. You're fucking fourteen years old. You can't be fourteen years older than your kid. No, that's bad. I know, I know. So I have because you friend, learned the exact same shit. Yeah, I had a friend who. Also, when you're in your mid twenty, yeah, growing up like that, that's messed up. I had a friend in grade school whose mom was thirteen when she had him. I'm not kidding you. That's, cra- that's some families older. And they brother. We, we got to drink underage there. Because of course she wasn't going to be a good parent. There's no way she oh, no, was going to no. be the parent that's like. Because oh, of course you can't drink here. Because that's what keeps you quiet. Is giving yeah, you this beer. Also because she was 26 when we were 13. She was like you that's know. That's just mean? a cool older sister. She was yeah, exactly that. She didn't have that mom <laughs> mentality. And he I think had to repeat eighth grade because he missed like 47 days of school <laughs> because he didn't feel like going. I'm like oh, that's fine. We'll just watch Prices Right. Like yeah, she didn't want to go to school either. <laughs> it's stuff like that that I'm going to. Tell my son. I'm just gonna straight up tell him. I'm gonna be like, because I know we're gonna get to that age when you know he's in grade school going into like. Don't worry about that, man. Just break whatever you want. <laughs> my bad. I'm kidding, man. I'll be knocking him. Don't even worry. Don't even worry about it, dude. So um, I'm gonna tell my son because I I remember you know we were both like that. I'm sure where your parents are saying shit to you when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, whatever, and you're like, ah, you don't know shit. Right. This is dumb. And then you're we're older now and we're like, oh my god, they were so right. Right. So I want to be. I want to get to that. I want to cut that off at the source because i don't know why my dad or or whatever and and i you know my dad's the best so i'm not even knocking there's no negative here but i don't know why more parents don't just say listen i was your age once there were pieces of shit that were hanging around right that i thought were cool and my parents were like don't hang out with them and i thought you don't know what's going on mom <laughs> and dad but guess what they didn't know what was going on <laughs> so trust me right now save yourself the headache don't hang out with these people but also you have to present it as in like I was a fuck up too. You can't be just like now that I had this experience. Hindsight's twenty uh, yes. twenty. No, you got to relate. You got to yes. be like, hey, I went through this shit as well, so I know what you're going through. But just 
I'm going to lift them up. I'm going to do this one. This always worked for me when I had coaches play this angle where they would tell me, listen, I wasn't as talented as you are. Like, I'm going to do the thing where I'm yeah. like, listen, I wasn't as smart as you are. You're smarter <laughs> than I was when at your age, even if it's not true. Right. So, um, listen, get your, don't put yourself in these situations. Trust me on this. Because I look back now thinking, my dad never wanted me to, like, sleep over at certain kids' houses because he knew. And he knew. We would, that was, like, the kids' houses where the parents didn't care. And we'd stay out after coffee right. and run around Milwaukee Avenue, you know? like. Yeah. And I look back on now, like, I'm so glad I had strict parents because I, I, I remember one time there was a whole thing where this girl, Julie, her, everyone was, her mom was taking everyone to great America. Like not everyone, but like a big group of people. And I wanted to go cause I was yeah. invited and my stepmom talked to her on the phone and then said, Oh, I told her that you couldn't go. And I'm like, <laughs> why even talk to her? Why did you have to have that cut? That, that makes me look bad. Because now they're going to be like, oh, man, his parents are weird. Yeah. Why don't you just tell me I can't go? And then I'll tell him, hey, I can't go. I would have lied. Right, I would have said I had some other cool shit <laughs> Now to he do. wants to go, but his parents are being rude for Yeah, because you reason. make me look like I'm some fucking bitch, right? <laughs> you make me look like I just... They, I remember being so upset, but then looking back on, all right, I get it. That's fine. Actually, now in retrospect, she should have just said, tell him you can't go. Because I would have lied. I would have told Julie, oh, sorry, my cousin's taking me to the Cubs game. I'd rather go to the Cubs game than Great America. Fuck Great America. Because then I'm still... <laughs> right, yeah, you're still... I'm still cool. Yeah, so cool. Like I, I was that family that I could do whatever the fuck I wanted because ah. my dad was. See, I was trying to sleep over at your house so I could run the streets. Yeah, everyone would come to me because I had no curfew because my mom would work retail so that she wouldn't get home until after ten o'clock at night anyway. Yeah, and then my dad was just a fucking and retail on your feet all day. You don't. You just oh, no. lay down. Yeah, and then my dad was he was either drunk in the living room sleeping on his sofa. I'm like, all right, we can do whatever the fuck we want to do. So I had the, I had, I was at Wild House where everyone just came over. But you never had any like runnings with the law or anything, right? No, no, no. Because so like I you had, had your uh, shit together. I had two older brothers. There you go. That one helps. of them was a, like a straight up gang banger, and but he actually made sure I didn't get involved. What gang? Uh, he started as a Latin king, ah. and then now he's he's still in a gang, and he's eight years older than me, so he's damn near fifty. Damn, and he's still. He's still. Act- That's like automatic Hall of Fame bid for gangs. <laughs> if you're a gangbanger in your 40s, yeah. you're. I mean, he's got the he's got the tattoo on the back. Is he so a made man? Is he like untouchable? I don't know. I'm, I think. He, you cool this, talking about this? Yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. I think at this time he has to be. But my problem is like if anybody finds out I'm his brother, the, the opposite. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I know. I don't want to know how made he is, how much dirty did because that could still reflect on me. And you being a comedian and right. being out there, but you're, luckily you're, you're we, public, you know? We resemble each other, but he's also like shorter, dark skin, so we can't, you know, it's not there, so. Okay. And Sanchez is a very common last name, anyway. You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear there's like eight Hispanic last names, that, but that's not really true. There's a lot. There's not that many. No, no, there's not that many. I mean, you can get some, but it's a, there's always one form of it, so like. Oh, real quick, you do not say Hispanic anymore? What's the new woke thing? Uh, the new woke thing is Latinx. Why Latinx? Because the X isn't Latino, Latina. Uh, it doesn't. Boy, it's like a Latino's different pronoun. like a they. Uh, so, but I say Latino unless I'm talking. If I'm talking about everybody, I say Latino. If I'm talking about me, a man, Latino, woman, Latina. But some people let Latinx. Latinx is Latinx. The, Latinx like is a, gang, a new man. one. Is a new. Is it's a new one for Latinos? Latinx sounds like a pretty badass nightclub yeah. i did too. a i did a college show and i was like wait what do you say to this and like they were looking at me like wait you're latino i was like yeah is that latinx i'm old though so like i remember hispanic and then we changed over to latino i've mentioned this before on the podcast and i'll give you more of the christina story in a second <laughs> it's it's intent 
Were you intending to be an asshole? I tell people all the time, I go, look, there's a lot of things changing right now, and it's hard to keep up with every little movement. I know it's ne- it's LGBT, and there's a whole more lot yeah, more letters now. QIA now. I just say the first four, <laughs> because I can never remember the next ones, and I trust that the people I'm talking to know I'm a good dude, right. and I'm not being a dick. So, like, I, I feel think that's I- just, understand, people are going to get there. Don't get too upset, and, and it's your right to get upset. I get all that shit, but like, relax. What I found myself doing is, if I know I'm talking to somebody that's one of those letters, and I refer to the group, I just call it as the community. That's smart. And then, that's so smart. now I'm like, so you find other people's in the community that blah blah. So that way, I don't have to say the fucking letters. They know everybody's included. Whatever the fuck they feel, that's what, whatever they exclude. That's in their brain. That's not on me. You know what am I talking about? When am I ever saying LGBT and all the letters? When do I need? And you, know, you, you really just say gay. Say <laughs> yeah, we're old school. Or you know what I'll really say? I'll say you people. I'll say, listen, yes. you people, no, <laughs> queers, those people, <laughs> no queers, those people with their parades. <laughs> no, happy Pride, everybody. I, I, I hope yeah. I have some gay listeners we've had uh and a puerto rican people parade's coming up too yeah man it's parade season i started seeing uh the flags already so what does the puerto rican parade celebrate and that well, was actually that was actually so. just given to us <laughs> because of like some riots that happened back in the 60s and they wanted to make a peace with the whole like logan square community so they just puerto rican also oh, start with logan square and at Humboldt park well, yeah, mostly Humboldt Park was later in the game as far uh, as like okay. getting settled by Puerto Ricans, but it was usually Logan Square, and then we actually had a whole bunch of shit up in uh, Lakeview. Ah, uh, no, that's true. No, Wrigleyville was Puerto Rican because yeah. I know my uh, cousin-in-law's dad, who's a retired Chicago police officer, he's Mexican actually. He t- was talking about how he w- worked in this area and yeah. it was all Puerto Rican. And then once they realized how much how valuable that was, they pushed everybody west. And then that's where they got settled in Humble Park because it was like North Avenue, Lakeview, all that area. So they just kept pushing down North Avenue. Totally. That's why I love driving down North Avenue because you, get you can see, you yeah. literally see everything. You can see some nice rich places that are coming up, and you see old grimy neighborhoods, and it's just it's crazy. And every ethnicity when you go through yes. the city of Chicago, it's down like North it's Avenue. one of my favorite drives. And that, I mean, condition wise, is not fucking good, but complete opposite. Of Cicero. Sorry, this is so local, but no, no, people. Cicero, Cicero Avenue is one of the worst drives. I just say it this city. way: if you're listening, everyone in every town has streets like this. That one street, yeah. you know what I mean? That so. one street where you just see the change of the city. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah, North Avenue is fun that way. Yeah, because I've actually taken North Avenue because I've got friends who live in Galewood, which is like oh. the last neighborhood before like Oak Park. It's like on the border yeah. of Oak Park, yeah. and, you know, over there like near North of Harlem by like Johnny's Beef, yep. and there's like the old Sears, which doesn't exist anymore. I don't think all the Sears are closing. Um, Anyway, and I've, we've been over there, and I remember one time we were going somewhere, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We think we were going to Lincoln Park. We were like 1920. We had our fake IDs. Yeah. And we used to go out every Monday night was the big night because uh, Kelly's had dollar beers. O'Malley, all these Irish bars I'm naming. O'Malley's had 50-cent <laughs> wings, I think, uh, or Lincoln Station wings. Uh, Irish Eyes had uh, dollar beers. Too. So we went to like six different bars. Yeah. We thought we were like in the movie Swingers. Yeah. Oh, we would literally leave each $35 other. $35 the entire night. Yeah, we would get hammered and we would <laughs> and we'd leave each other messages going, oh, I'm going to be over at Kelly's. If I'm not there, I'll be at Lincoln Station. Catch me at McGee's. Like, you know, trying to pretend like we were Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. But I remember one time I go, wait, we're not taking north the whole way, are we? He goes, yeah, it's faster. I go, dude, like this was like 2004, yeah. 2005. And it's it's still not great. Like I've going been by chasing North, shot at dude, going North, Avenue. North and Pulaski and like North and Laramie yeah. and North and Cicero. Like that's like Kimball. So like, there like, was one time that we were we just passed. That's why like those show Shameless is filmed just a little south of North and Kimball, like where it becomes Homan. Yeah. Homan in like 
12th or something, I think. Yeah, it's North Avenue. I had refused to drive down North Avenue for the longest time because one time I was in a car with a friend from the suburbs, and he, we were in a blue car, <laughs> which was not the color for that neighborhood. Nope. And my friend was staring at this van full of fucking gangbangers, and I'm staring at I'm talking to my friend. I was like, stop looking at them because just stop looking at them. And he's just making eye contact. And then all of a sudden you see the van shake as if the side door opened, and they switch positions. And then it just took off after us. And I'm oh like, God. you need to fucking drive. And he was driving in between the parked cars and the, like the far, the left lane. Just we're just getting chased. Got to a stoplight. Dude started shooting. We fucking took off again. Damn. We turned down Kimball, and there was a cop right in front of us. And the guy. So when we turned on, we we were in the left all the way to turn left, and then we just banged it right as soon as the light hit. So that way that guy got cut off, and we just followed a cop all the way. So I was like. I'm never going to North Avenue again. It's it's no, fucking it's, a it's bad the wild street. west out there. Yeah, sometimes. dude. Division two. Your division story might be even worse. Division's bad too. You're right. Yeah, division's really bad. Or Lake. We take Lake from the west side all the way in. That's pretty bad too, man. <laughs> yeah. um, it's fun though. I love taking Cicero in the summer. Well, Lake's cool because you go to the tracks for a long time. But yeah. fuck, dude, your story makes mine look so weak. Here's my story. Same time we were going down north, we stopped at a gas station. I want to say it was at. North, I don't want to say Kimball or Kedzie. I think it was a little bit further west. Maybe it was north in Pulaski. Uh, I had to get gas. And while we're waiting, my buddy had this awful Chevy Celebrity, like powder blue. It was a piece of shit car. All dented up. <laughs> and this these a car, like I don't remember what kind of car, but they rolled on their windows, like four black kids. They were probably around our age, I think. So maybe like 20, 21. And he goes, uh, you want to buy some blow? And it was just me waiting in the car. Maybe me and a friend and two guys. One guy was pumping or went to go pay to pump. And then the other guy went in to get a like, candy right. or some shit. And he's like, you guys want to buy some blow? And I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm good. And he's like, no, blow, man, you know, cocaine. <laughs> and you know what my response was? Yeah, dude, I know what the fuck blow is. I responded <laughs> to him like him? he was a, like a buddy that I've known my whole life. Like, yeah, dickhead, I know the score. Right. Like, and then at that moment, my friend like kicked the seat because I was like in sh- I was in shotgun. He was in the back seat, and then they the dude didn't really say much. He just drove because they were like you know right. slowly driving around the gas yeah. station. I think maybe it didn't register to him. I think maybe he laughed even a little. He bit. He might have been funny. Like he might have been like, all right, yeah, of course you know what blows. What right. am I talking about? There's a movie <laughs> called Blow. It's a big <laughs> hit. Yeah, what are you talking about? Like, and you're three white Tapp, dudes you're in white the car. Dude. Yeah, you know what? Like. <laughs> But it was so. My friend was like, "Are you out of your fucking mind, dude? What the hell? Don't don't fucking." Well, my thing is, you say no, thank you, sir, and you move right, on. Right, that's what's weird though. Is if you just break it, you don't. I felt I would have looked more like a, a mark. Bit, yeah, like if you were like, uh, no, I know what the fuck blow is. I'm like, all right. Then they think you got a little bit of street credit. Right. I had the same thing happen to me. My. That's why you should be all the time. Like, if that's your initial feeling, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Blackman. That's, that's yeah. Weird. Then it's even though they're like, oh, we're just gonna rob you then. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, oh, I wouldn't blame you them right. because if you're gonna show that kind of weakness, I remember I had a similar thing happen. Where it is funny, if you show some toughness, you'll get respect from you people. You just be who the crazy tough. white boy. That was a good card to play. Actually, yeah. Oh hell yeah. I've discovered. I was living. In, I was maybe four months into my living in LA. So it was like 2014. And I was doing a show in Van Nuys, which is in the Valley. Now, here's what's weird about LA and people living around the country. I want you to ask yourself this, people listening around the country. When you hear the Valley, do you think dangerous? <laughs> no, right? I think the Valley, I think that's no, the softest shit. I've always th- I just think clueless. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> I just- Actually, that gas station she gets mugged in there was an open mic like right by there so i drove by that all the time the movie clueless when she has to like lay on the cement like this is a new dress you know um circus liquors is right there's the circus liquors and there's a gas station right there whatever it's called there's like the clown thing out in front anyhow i'm looking for parking for the show i'm doing 
and you know like in the far right lane just going slow because i'm yeah. looking to see if maybe i have to parallel park because i'd circled a couple times there's cars on my ass and i was like and it beeped and i like leaned out the window go the fuck around me you know i didn't do a, i didn't flip it up i like gave a hand gesture and all then right. it flashed its brights on me and then went around all fast i'm like what the fuck you know i think nothing of it i noticed there's a spot maybe on the other side and I, I, I go around and then i realized i couldn't fit and then i start to turn onto a side street to go around and then i noticed that that car you Came turned back. around and was on my ass again and i'm like oh that's the worst fuck? and then it pulls up alongside me tinted windows so as the window comes down i have this little bit of a, oh this is how i die <laughs> you about to get I, couldn't, small. I couldn't just shut up yeah <laughs> me and pop. biggie we're both notorious <laughs> and the window went down and it's like the guy goes what the fuck man like uh and i go well why'd you shine why'd you flash your brights he goes you were driving slow as fuck i go i was looking for fucking parking so i went right back at him he's like all right dude fucking cool man and i go all right man i just had a, had a long day and he goes i get it man have a good night and we just drove up and i was like all right that's cool. what i'm saying like you just you match their shit but you don't intensify it no but i and told they know that you, you can't be fucked with like yeah it's like you they, you show a little they, they respect yeah. that you know what i mean you, yeah but I told, that's what they want to see because the, they if you get tested, if you test somebody and they fail that shit, like, oh, I'm going to bully the fuck out of this guy exactly. for no reason. Exactly. You're just testing people all the time. That's life advice for everyone listening. Don't, you got to bully the bully. Yeah, or just come back with the same energy and then like, all right, especially initial meeting. Yeah, definitely initial but meeting. But if, it's, if it that. keeps happening every time you guys aren't resolved, then that motherfucker's not somebody you need in your life. Granted, I had a chip on my shoulder being from Chicago. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, I'm from a way tougher city. This is the valley. Your gangbangers wear shorts. <laughs> Am I going to be afraid of you guys? Really? Come on. You guys don't know anything. You're, it's you don't gangbang in the snow? Come like- on, man. This is like, you guys go surfing. I'm not afraid of you. I don't know. Do do the Bloods and Crips go surfing? That's something worth checking out. They go to the beach, but they always wear their shirts. Yeah, man. You got to rep the colors. The colors. <laughs> uh, well, there's swim trunks. I wanted to get back to the Christina story. So this was the girl with the well, that was fully developed, gorgeous breasts, man. Yeah. She's a very pretty face, great smile. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Are you still friends with her on Facebook? I think so, man. I'm gonna show you pictures later. I'm yeah. like 99 sure I'm still friends with her. <laughs> uh, big play, Romeo and Juliet. I got cast as Romeo play. for the kiss scene. So I was going to get to kiss her. So my friends are all pumping me up. Yeah. This is real Chicago public school stuff. Someone steals the microphones. So they canceled <laughs> the whole play. Never got to kiss her. My whole life could be completely different. Might not have been, you think so? Might not have become a comedian. Might, might have, have been, you might have been made out with her so hard. I, I, yeah, who knows? You might be an actor. You might, oh my God, I love, yeah. I get to kiss girls when I do this? I could have, oh, I've yeah. actually acted a little bit recently, so, yeah. uh, but it, I could never would have gone in stand-up. You guys wouldn't be hearing me right now. But anyway, that that's was my, lo- that was the longest story to get to. I took a lot of detours yeah. on that one, but that's fine. That's that's how you talk about conversations go. Let me give those three questions now. Let's hit, okay, let's hit you those. Let's see which ones I'm you're scared, though. brave enough to answer, man. All right, number one question. Again, I'm going to say the three and then you decide which one you want to answer. Okay. Number one, how did you lose your virginity? Oh, I'll tell you this. Well, hold on. Let me, let me get oh, okay. through them, okay, and okay, then okay. you could decide, okay. or you could hit them how you want to. Um, number two, any person on the planet, I want them to be living, that you want to punch in the face as hard as you can. That's another one. Think about that one for a okay. second. And you could, you could choose anyone. You could choose someone. And if it's someone that's not famous... Or not known, right? You got to give us a reason. You got to tell us okay. a little why. Don't just be like my neighbor, you know, right? My neighbor Mike. Why your neighbor? You know what I mean? I got you. I don't know. How I'm explaining that to you. You're a comedian. You know how to speak into a microphone. <laughs> You'd be surprised though. some people are idiots. All right, number three. This one's a little weird. I tried to get weird with it last week. I, I messed up the, the third question. So this one I wanted to do. This one. All right. Would you? You get to pick A or B. A. 
you have to clean shit. Like, clean the worst shit ever. Like, okay. you are Andy Dufresne going through the pipes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. In uh, Shawshank. That, you have to clean that shit every single day. But in return, you get to have great sex every day. Okay. Or would you rather be a multimillionaire, but you only get to have sex once a month and it's missionary? Okay. Which one do you choose? All right, well, you don't have to answer that one. Or you could choose that one because that's a no, quick no, no. one. Uh, I'll answer all three. Answer all three? I have Fuck no problem. Yeah, dude. I got no I'll problem I'll be Sanchez, man. I love yeah. it. Uh, virginity. I lost it when I was 19 years old. I used to work at a, a video store. Late bloomer, huh, man? Huh? A little bit of a late bloomer, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what? I was, a, a I was a fat kid growing up. And then until... Were you really? Yeah, I was a little So fat. many comedians were fat kids growing up. Like, Colt was on the podcast last week. He talked about being fat. And and well, he's a pro wrestler, but he's also very comedic. But it's, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off just there. Yeah. It's blowing my mind. I feel like every week, Jonah Jerkins has been on the podcast twice. Yeah. So many comedians were fat kids, well, see, and like, now they're in great shape. Like, well, there must be a thing in our brains. The same thing in our brain that makes us want to do stand up comedy and put ourselves out there is must be the same part of your brain that says, "I could lose this weight." I yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it. a, it's an easy goal. Like, it's just. You get tired well, it's not of not an it. easy goal. For no, the, you, for but the thing person. is, like, it's something you get tired of. Okay. So, like, growing were you up, fat when you lost the virginity, or were you losing it? I was. Well, here's what happened. So, oh, as I'm a, sorry. I yeah. was a little when I was a little kid. I was skinny as fuck, and then, uh, like, in the sixth grade, I really only had one friend. I've always been that kind of guy where I've had a very small circle of friends. So then, like, my parents got divorced, and then that caused like me just to be home alone a lot because then my friend ended up moving in the sixth grade to uh, Elk Grove Village. Because his parents got divorced. So uh-huh. they had ended up having to move. So the one friend I had, and then no one else to take me to my Little League games and all this other shit, I just sat at home all the time, fucking eating. My mom worked retail, blah, blah. So I just blew up from like sixth grade to uh, at least sophomore year. And I was just a fat kid. I was, I do a joke. I was like 10 years old, 180 pounds. I was a big kid. Damn. Yeah. I was 185 right now. Yeah. I was a big kid. And I were wasn't tall, that though? tall. I wasn't that tall. Oh, I was so probably you like, five, like six. six. What are you, 6'2? Six, 6'2, two? Six, two, six, three. Six, three, yeah. And then that happened uh, sophomore to junior year. And then when I came back junior year, everyone was like, oh, shit. But the thing is, I didn't really lose weight. I just got, I just stretched out. So it looked You looked better. better, though. Right. So then. High school, I was I was always because of the being the fat kid. I was always shy with girls, all this other shit, blah blah blah. Like my thing was, once you get to know me, you're gonna want to hang out with me because I'm a decent dude. Yeah. So then I worked at the at a video store. That's how old I am. Fucking West Coast Video over in oh, Jefferson damn, Park. Damn, dude, what the Jefferson Park train station? I, that one, yeah, I yeah. remember that one. So I worked there. there. Used to be one on Milwaukee Avenue somewhere too. I remember. I think. I remember West Coast video. Yeah. Damn, that so, was a while ago, man. And I worked there, and I was one of two guys that worked there. And it was all high school girls, because that's what the, the fucking creepy old dude liked. Yeah. So he hired all these high school girls, and I just worked there. And then eventually... Uh, you banged one of them? Banged one of them. Like, we just started talking, and all of a sudden it was like, no, like I just like you as a friend. And then one day she got fed up. She's like, no, I'm taking your virginity. Because it got to be a point where they were all... So they all knew you were a virgin. Yeah, they all knew. It was a joke amongst the whole thing. You were like American Pie, man. Yeah, they were all... But the thing is, they like it was a not a bet, but it was Oh, yeah, like, because are you gonna, they were trying gonna, to take it. Yeah, they were like, okay, well, maybe we could take Abby's virginity. And then one of them did it, and then that shit was fucking amazing because <laughs> here's what's crazy. So I would go to my friend's house. Like, I'd go visit him. And I go into his room and there's this smell. And I'm like, what the fuck is this smell? 
And then the minute I had sex, I knew what that fucking smell was. Like, because <laughs> I dropped her back off at the house. And then when I came home into my bedroom, I was like, oh, shit, that's Rodney's smell. Like, because it was just sweat, sex, and just jizz because no one uh, used the condom, condom the first oh, no one, time. Oh. I didn't. You didn't use the condom your first no, time? No, because she was like, uh, I'm allergic to latex. <laughs> but, bro, the minute. She might have been. That could be a real thing. I, but she, Yeah, she might have been. But the minute I put it in, I was like, yeah, this is. I even do a joke about it now. It's like yeah, it yeah. feels way different than my hand. I was <laughs> like, "Holy fuck, this is ridiculous!" To where I, I, I used like, the condom my first time. <sighs> my first time, I had sex three times the same night, and I used the condom each time. Nah, I, we had sex twice that night. About a three pack went right through it. Yeah, we had sex twice that night, but Sauced no condom day. at all. <laughs> uh, damn, man, that's a good. I but like that. Like, the minute walking in, I was like, "That's the fucking smell," because I knew he had been having sex. But I didn't know he was having that much that his room smelled like it all the time. My shit was fresh. Yeah. <laughs> his shit was constant. I was like, God damn, how much fucking you do? But he had a girlfriend and all that shit. Uh, yeah, so. that definitely helps, man. But yeah, I was 19. And I want to say she was 17. That's fine. That's, yeah. No, nobody's going to frown on that. Um, what, so what made you, what, did you start working out like crazy? Well, how'd you lose the weight? Uh, I Just getting taller and then. Um, taller helped, yeah. Being way more active because then once I stretched out, I was like, oh, I'll come play basketball. And that's when I started playing basketball. Then we started playing baseball again. So I just started getting more active. That helps. And yeah. then I worked in, a, after the video store, I did shipping and receiving. So I'm constantly lifting boxes, work, you know, just doing manual shit. So I ended up uh, just balancing myself out but i was still the thing that sucked is like being a fat kid still fucked up my confidence going forward i love uh hearing stories of people's weight loss i do because i actually hate someone my best friend growing up was overweight and and when people made fun of him that's i think that's when i became a good fighter yeah because i knew he would de- deflect it by being comedic he was hilarious. He's still one of the funniest dudes I know. I don't want to say he was. Like he's, I talked, I Snapchatted with him today. Um, great, greatest guy. Uh, but I know he would like make jokes and kind of like, and there was a few times where I had to like pop a few people. Yeah. You well, know? There was and, one joke that fucking stung, and it, I still remember it. I was walking down the aisle to get to my desk in school uh, in gym class, and like the dude that was like the fucking star athlete, he was ripped. And just a typical high school bully. He's like, so when you're with your girlfriend, whose titties do you suck, yours or hers? And I was like, that shit double stung because A, I had titties, and then B, I didn't have a girlfriend. Oh, man. So I was just like, that like that joke still sits with me to this day. And then eventually he ended up being like a decent dude. But it was one of those things where like, I got to bully somebody. Yeah, dude, to, kids are dicks. Yeah, man. You know, they're it, dicks, just man. always either trying to fit in or And establish. some of them become good dudes, and some of them stay dicks. Yeah. You but know? he was like, he changed it, like, you know, throughout he later the school. Was cool. Yeah, once he realized, like, oh, this guy's funny, he says funny shit, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, but it still sucks you have to prove something to these people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I always hate, I hate, like, the fat shaming thing, you know, because like, I told yeah. my best friend growing up was overweight. So, like, when people did that, I can't stand it because it's just so fucking mean and it, it, it hurts people so much. Yeah. I'm okay with people fat shaming themselves, though. If you look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you fat piece of shit, lose some weight. Right. Do whatever motivates you. <laughs> I'm all right with that. As long as it motivates you and it's not yeah, a negative thing to you in true, your life. Yeah. I don't want you cutting yourself over Right, because you bad. fat piece of shit and it's just slicing no, yeah, bacon of course, off I, of course I don't want that. Um, yeah, it's a sad thing because it's a big health problem, too, with people. You know what I mean? It really will affect you later in life and all that. Yeah. I mean, even now, I, I'm i still trying to – I want to get down to a decent weight. I feel bad even saying I want to lose about five pounds because people are like, why the fuck do you want to lose five pounds? I just yeah. want to lose about five. My thing is, like, I don't want to be ripped. I just want to look good in T-shirts. Me, too. I, I got a little like, bit I of just, a beer gut that's formed over yeah. the – you know, being a dad and all that stuff and just being lazier. 
and I'm I just want to slim. I just want to tighten it up a little bit. I still Especially got the, for the I, summer. I still got the titties that I don't. I just don't want to do. But my thing is like I don't know how I look to other people. So in my brain, I look like a no, fat you, piece of shit. No, you, yeah, to other people, like oh, that, he's in decent shape. No, you look good. You dress well too, man. Yeah. You're, you're you're cool. There's other people. But I was curious about what the motivation was because when you first brought up the virginity thing, I have another good friend. Uh, I'm not gonna name his name. I don't know if he, he's a comedian though. I don't know if he does this as a joke. I always told me should. I actually worked it off of a joke, and he said it was okay with. I used to do this bit about how it's such a great motivator. Sex, sex is the best motivator because yeah. he was a virgin up until he was like nineteen or twenty. And I asked him, I, "Yeah, man," because he was a, he was he showed me a picture of him, and I was like, "How the it's night and day." Like he's thinner than I am right now. He's like six two, like one seventy five, and he showed me a picture of himself in high school, and he was like two eighty. Yeah, and it's like how the hell? And I go, "How'd you lose the weight? What'd you do?" He goes. I had this realization. I was working in a mall, and I just had this realization. I was like almost twenty that if I don't lose this weight, I'm I'm going to be a virgin the rest of my right. life. Right, and that that's exactly how you feel. And then right there, and I go, that's see, sex is such a motivator. Oh hell yeah! Like I almost feel like they should bring in a a naked guy for the ladies, or or a naked guy and women, you know, whatever which way you swing does not matter, and and say like, hey, you see this. You're never going to get this. Just point right. to like some model. <laughs> if you keep stuffing your face with this shit food, See, treating your body like crap, that's off the table. It was weird for me because like after I lost my virginity, I didn't have sex again for like another year. And, it uh, happened to me too. And then, um, but at that point, I was like, all right, I'm still not where I want to look physically. So I got to figure out a way to like get girls regardless like, of how I feel I look. Oh, uh, Okay. So that's when I started developing the fucking whole, like, being cool, per- a nice dude to be around and being funny and making them laugh. Because that ends up turning women on way more than... No, that's a good phys- card to play. Yeah. Because, I mean, even if you watch sitcoms now, you see it's always a fat dude <laughs> with a hot wife. Oh, the Kevin but James also, Yeah, but it's also like, that's a that's it's a not real that realistic. Thing. Well, that it is, is kind of realistic. I mean, no. I've, I've punched up I so much. I've outkicked my coverage I take it a back lot. a little bit. As, as a comedian, but also as a comedian, dude, we're in a different world where... Well, you were doing this before you were a comedian, so obviously. Yeah. But as comedians... Female comedians complain about this all the time, and they've got a decent gripe. I mean, I don't know if they have a decent gripe because it's not like a, it's not our control or whatever. Right. People, so maybe they don't have a decent gripe. But I've, I've heard them complain about how a mediocre comedian could get like laid after a show just because yeah. they're on stage, just being on stage, where like a killer female comedian can't. And it's like, well, it's, it is a different thing, and that's a societal shit. Where uh, I've talked about this with my female comedian friends. Because so many of them end up dating male comedians. And I was thinking, ah, I think it's a bad idea yeah, overall. I mean, good. sometimes it works, but I think it's, you know, it's like shitting where you work or whatever. Or, yeah. or shit where you, where you eat. eat. You got to shit where you work. How badly did I mess that expression <laughs> up? You shit where you work because you're on the clock and you're getting paid to shit. Right. I mean, that's a given. That's the best so, on the shit. Definitely. And I've said to him, I go, look, the average guy is going to be intimidated by a female comedian. I, I believe that. The average dude, if he sees a, like, at the Laugh Factory on a Friday night, you do yeah. 15, 20 minutes. A woman goes up there and destroys. That dude is sitting there like, oh, fuck me. Yeah, I don't the know. power that, that turns the women on is the same power that kind of intimidates men. Yeah, it I won't say it turns us off, but definitely intimidates. Yeah. It's you definitely know? like, all right, can I compete? Like, can I match up to her level? Because as a guy, you almost get competitive about it. Like, yeah. I, okay, well, she's fucking hilarious. I can't be the least funny one. <laughs> like, well, because for a guy... The power position in a relationship almost it does question your manhood in a way. Yeah, I know guy like I know a lot of guys who are like I'm, she makes more money than me. I'm cool with that, 
but they have other qualities where it's like, all right, right. you're still kind of the, you know, the, the alpha, alpha the relationship, alpha. Yeah. you know. But to be the weaker of the two is a weird role. Like nobody's gonna say. People will say you're less of a man in that regard, but no one would say to a woman, "Oh, he's." More successful and funnier right. than you. You're less of, you're a, woman. Less of a woman. No yeah. one would ever say that. No. So that's where, and I know a lot of women listening might be like, "Well, dudes need to get over that shit." Yeah, yeah they, they do. They do. <laughs> they do but also, I, I agree with you, ladies. They do need to get over that shit. But and also in the same regard, you have to understand that some of the societal stuff that is completely unfair to you, it's also a little unfair to us. Right. You know, I'm not even. By the way, I'm not even trying to compare. Nah. Women have it way harder. I'm oh, not yeah, doing yeah. that. You can't. Uh, but this I'm is just, our. <laughs> yeah, that's just, a, that's just uh, the thing one to of be our aware. little struggles or exactly. fights. I'm just saying there's little things to be aware of. And now that if you're aware of that, then you could decide. But I also tell my female friends, my female comedian friends, or other ones. I've got I've got actress friends and a singer, and yeah. and I tell them the same shit. I'm like, you don't want to date these dudes who are f- afraid of you. You want to date a guy no. who's afraid of you? No, you got to find a guy who's who's comfortable enough with right. that. And or then, especially those dudes are harder to find. So I get that. that especially you know, someone frustrated. you don't want somebody in the same field because that's weird. Because then you're just competitive, especially if it's comedy. Because then, like, if that if one of you guys is not getting booked. I feel like that's an issue, but you have to find someone that same. I mean, it works with some people. I mean, we know, I, we do know some comedians who make it work, but I definitely feel like it's a, the odds aren't in your favor. Yeah. You know, I mean, because at a certain point, like, I, I think the competitiveness kicks in and you're, it's, just, we're in you're a, just constantly comparing yourselves. To true. Very true. Other. It is competitive, even when it's not competitive. Right. We try not to compete against each other as comedians, but you're definitely. You're aware of what other people are getting. Oh hell yeah! If You're I see, if I go on Facebook, you know, and I'm like, man, how how have I not been booked on there yet? And that's the third time doing it. Or you know, what I'm saying? yeah, but that's, that's, that's bad thinking though. You got to drop and that, man. I legit, it's hard to do. I get. Here's it. the thing: when I when I get to that point where I'm thinking this, I log off of Facebook. Smart, because because I'm like, I Abby. Focus on your own shit right now. Yeah. And the fact that you're wasting energy focusing on this person, that means you're not using it on yourself. Exactly. That means you, the, the, looking at that post means you could have just sent one more email. Exactly. That's a great, that's a great yeah. way of thinking. Because it's natural to be like, oh, okay. But back to your point where it's competitive is that we're in an industry that's not, it's not a meritocracy. Right. You know what it's I mean? I mean, a lot of the people who are at, at the, a lot of the people who are where they are, a lot of them deserve it. So I'm not, I'm not pointing right. fingers or saying this guy or that girl or whatever, but it's not, it's just, that's just the way it goes. Most of the arts and entertainment industry are like that. Yeah. So when you hear about it, I mean, there are couples who, oh, we both work at the bank together. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are jockeying for promotions and stuff, but that is not in the same realm no. of people in, in this because, field. Cause this like, is such like a, am I going to make it? Unless you know? that is your ultimate passion. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's weird because like with comedy, it's legit ride or die. Like you, it, you have to either live or you completely fail. You can't just coast in the middle. Well, you people you could, could but you're not happy. But you're not happy about rarely. It. I mean, I don't know if few people could be content with it. I've I I look. I'm still shooting for the moon. I want to be huge. Yeah, everyone. Like, um, but I'm, I also have learned, which I didn't. It took me a while to learn this. I've also learned that as long as I'm doing this. And I don't have to work a day job, oh, and I'm dude, making I'm enough. Where, I'm the happiest person. person. Even when we're having sets like, oh, I'm getting 20 bucks and two free drinks tonight, that's still awesome. That's still better still than eight awesome. hours doing something for somebody else. And it's hard to even work your way up to get to that point. Yeah. You get to the point where you're doing a Tuesday night at a club. Right. You know what I mean? That's that's hard. Like, you know, I was 
talking with a couple comics outside, you know, before we did this podcast, Abby and I were both at that seven thirty show at the Laugh Factory. It's late Tuesday night. You'll be hearing this on Wednesday, just to give you an idea of the timeline here. And I was talking to these dudes, and I could tell there's some frustration because they're like, I come here all the time, and I'm, I'm trying to get spots, yeah. and I don't know what I got to do. And, you know, I try to give them some encouraging stuff because I've, I've been there. You know, we've, right. been, we've been there. I mean, comedy for me is the only thing I've wanted to improve at. Mm-hmm. When I had a day job, I didn't give a fuck if I got better. I, like, I was happy with getting the uh, uh, cost of living increase. I wasn't like, I'm going to get a certification and start getting with Stan. I was like, no, I was happy to coast. I was that bartender and server who was always like, if you need to cut anyone, cut me first. Yeah. And that other people would be like, dude, man, it's fucking, we're going to make a ton of money tonight. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care. All right. I'm, I make enough to pay my rent, have some beers, yeah. and that's all I need right I now. This that's is, that's that's what I was like in my early 20s. All I need, I didn't care. Like, I, like, I didn't have that the, drive. This is our dream. This is legit. Yes, like, I knew I, did, I wasn't going to be a bartender the rest of my life. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with people who are. Uh, I just didn't, that wasn't my thing. You're right. This is our dream. This is what we have. Yeah. So I remember talking about this with my wife once. She's a nurse. I said to her, I go, listen, you have a, you have a degree in nursing. Nobody could take that away from you. There's no degree in comedy. All right. You know, if I'm not constantly trying to get better, constantly trying to, you know, make more connections and, and be up on stage as often as possible, this can go away for me. Right. And I have no other skill. I dropped out of college. Yeah. I'm not handy. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like a, uh, any skill I, I have barely change a tire. Wiped you know? away. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any. I mean, people, like, I was a good bartender and I could probably go into sales and I have a decent enough business sense, but I'd still need other people's capital to make anything work in that world. But the comedy, you're right, this is the only thing that I've wanted to get better. I was a mortgage loan officer and we had a base pay of $10 an hour, but that's shit. Yeah. That's $20,000 a year. But at the time I was working that, I was sharing an apartment with a couple of people where I'm like, this base pay is fine for me. I don't care. I do, I, well, I got into mortgage loan, uh, the mortgage loan business a year before the whole thing crashed. Yeah. And those dudes knew it was going to crash. And I worked for a company that doesn't even exist anymore, so I could say Novastar Mortgage, and they specialize in subprime. And I'll never forget after my week of training and I passed the test, and they're like, yeah, man, you, you know, we like, you got a good voice and you're right. doing great, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I talked to a, a prospective client and discovered they had a 520 credit score. And I said to my boss, this is my first one, and they were going to listen in. And like, you know, they, the first couple, they really want to be there, yeah. making sure you don't screw up. And I said, I go, all right, you heard that. So 520 credit score, how do I, how do I let them down? He looked at me, he's like, why would you let them down? <laughs> we'll, 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 find them, we'll find them something. It might be hard, but we'll find them something. I go, you could, we could qualify at 520? Of course. Yeah, we'll qualify. They might be paying like a 22% interest rate, but we'll qual- I'm like, the way he was so, yes, right. insane. Like the way he was so cavalier and so like, oh, it's no problem. It's like, these are the worst people. They're savages. Like I, if, I have, a, if I have a daughter, I'd rather be a stripper than a fucking, <laughs> in that world of ripping people Those off Those are like fucking savages. They are, man. They are. You really need to be that way. It's in, some people are like, hey man, a fool in their money are soon parted, but I'm like, yeah, fine. But you don't have to take advantage. But you don't have to take advantage, right? I don't want to rip Find people off. Find an ethical way to do that. This shit. is like such a major purchase. A house. <laughs> a house is huge. A house is like the thing that there are people I know, and and you've made these people believe that they're can afford their dream house. Exactly, it's their dream house. They save. It's the most expensive purchase anyone will ever make, and it's something that gets passed down generations. Generational yeah, well, wealth is a big thing. Is. You talk about minorities, the struggle. That's the thing that a lot of people don't realize in this country, that a big struggle was the fact that up until like they made these laws in the 80s, because like, they were redlining, it was called. Oh, yeah. Where, where they, they, just... they wouldn't sell property 
to black and Hispanic people right. because no whites live there. You don't live there. Yeah. So then they would only sell them to areas that were had shit property value. So their property value never really went up. No. And or they, they just couldn't buy it. Or they just or they're always underwater. Or they just wouldn't. They wouldn't give them a loan. Period. All right. Just because of the color of their skin. You know what it's I mean? Fucked up. Like world, the, after man. the GI Bill, the middle class exploded. But black soldiers didn't get the benefits of the GI Bill because they legitly wouldn't sell them property. So they had, you know, they yeah. kind of passed that down. So that's, you know, generational that's, wealth is huge. Yeah, people think, like, why don't you have anything? Well, we had nothing to leave. They, yeah, you, <laughs> nothing we weren't, was left nothing to was us. left to us. So, like, after soldiers came home from World War II, that's why a city like Chicago, and I'm sure other cities have this example, you see, like, those houses, like, blocks, northwest side, bungalows. Oh, it's all, I they all bungalow, they're all bungalows exa- almost exactly the same. If well, I lived not, in apartments, I was 10, then we got a bungalow in 94, and they all look alike. Yep. They, you know, maybe a little unique little twist here, yeah. there, but essentially the same style home, because after World War II, with the baby boom and everything, they just, boom, boom, boom. Cities were expanding, and then they realized we could do single family homes, and yep. and, and then the suburbs blew up from, from all that. And when only one side was benefiting from it, yeah. Flash forward sixty years later, shit's not quite equal. Yeah, you know, you get everyone living in a big ass project. <laughs> this is the stuff I talk about at real bars where people are yeah. like, "All right, move the fuck on, Colin Kaepernick. No one gives a shit." Um, all right, on. next question. Oh yeah, though. what was the second? The question? second question was, "Who would you punch in the face? Anyone in the world you'd want to punch in the face? Why? It doesn't have to be a celebrity. It could be a celebrity, athlete, musician, whoever, or just someone you know specifically." Um. It's a tougher one, man. That one's because I know because so, I'm trying to think of, like whose face from, right? truly annoys me. Because it had to be someone whose face annoys me, and I can't. Yeah, you want to punch someone with an annoying face. Yeah, someone that I just I you want to say like Ann Coulter, but it's a woman. You want to say <laughs> no? Yeah, you or you wanna... can flip Rachel Maddow. You could both sides of the aisle. <laughs> We're an independent show. <laughs> I wouldn't punch a woman. I'd body slam a woman. Like I would never me, punch you, a woman either. Which woman would you want to body slam? Who, I, I don't know. If body slam? Well, maybe. Drop kick because it's kind of a fun way to because if you did that in public, people are like, did he just drop kick her? Yeah, <laughs> you know that reaction like you wrote DDT. I DDT the guy once, and everyone it took seconds for people to be like, what the f- dude? Don't just do that to someone. That's a fucking serious move, man. He wasn't prepared he just for that. Their head into the ground. He didn't know how to what land for that. What did stand for? Nobody knows, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. I I got I I, I should have asked Marty and Colt last week about that. I wanted to get more into some wrestling that's stuff. Drop. I'm going to have them on again. I, I can't remember. Someone said it was just as a cool thing, and that's why it's DDT. Uh, I'm, I, I haven't said it last week. I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan, but I don't know the ins and outs like a lot of these dudes yeah, do. I'm a wrestling fan, too. Like I, lo- I love watching See, like pro wrestling. Someone like The Miz. Do you know who The Miz is? Yeah, I know The Miz, of course. Someone like his face. That's someone uh, who like I'd want to punch. Smiley, that smiley, I know what you mean. That smiley, but like no upper lip and like his teeth are shaped weird. Like there's a weird punchability to that. There's guy. a punchability quality for sure. All right, so you. There's I would a thing punch I, the Miz in the face, <laughs> but I, mean, I didn't like I the Miz at first. Enough. But I've grown to be a fan of the Miz's actually. I like to hear him talk, but I just would like to punch him in the face. Well, first I was like, this guy's from Real World. What the hell is he trying to do? And but no, I, I he loves wrestling. He put in his work. Um, that's a good example, though. I know what you mean. Like, there's the show 13 Reasons Why. Oh, Jesus Christ. The, Dude. The I'm, main guy? The, 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 the rapist? I'm not giving anything away. Oh, no, not the rapist. Oh, oh, the oh, main guy, the- Clay? Yeah, I want to punch, punch him. I'd punch him. There's a lot because he can't get over her. Yeah, because so I don't want to spoil the show for anyone. It's a good show. But here's the thing about like I'll mess you up that show about binge watching shows. Yeah, you always pick one person that you fucking hate, and then that person every time they're on screen annoys you to the point that you don't want to watch that show no more. Like I was watching. Uh, you ever watch the show Scandal? You know, I've seen I've seen enough of to know who you're talking okay, about. Okay, so there's an uh, one of the lawyers. He's a Joshua lawyer. Molina. 
He's an Asian dude. Oh no, I don't remember. No, he's no. like a half Asian, half white dude. But like just his character. I don't know him personally. Whatever. I however he is a person. Just his character. If I could punch that dude in the face just for being so fucking annoying in the show, that would be great. Yeah, I get because you. my thing is like every show I binge watch, you always pick the one character. Breaking Bad, the kleptomaniac sister. Yeah, I don't I like wanted her a, that much. I wanted to punch. Like, I hated her with a fucking passion. That was a show with good characters where not too many of them did you really want to hit. There are different seasons where you wanted to hit people oh, on the yeah. show. Like, even, Damn, that was a great show. It was a great show. I got to get back into that. I want to binge watch that one again. I, uh, I started to. It's hard to redo it I again, started though. to, but the thing is, you know. the shock value's gone. The only thing you can only watch for is what you might have missed. That's true, because they're, they're, the they're that's the only reason, so like, cause complex you, on that. Because... And I think the, the last ways. couple seasons, I think I watched week by week, and I didn't like that. I hate that. Dude, you know how I watched that show? I got into that in between, because they did they broke up season five into like season five, part one, season five, part yeah. two, where they had like the first like eight episodes, and they did like the next eight. I know season, season five was broken up, and I so started watching in between, at, at the end of season five, the first part, and it's like, all right, all, all new episodes return in like October or something. Yeah. And I caught up by that time. And I never forget, I remember doing the comedy club in uh, Appleton, uh, Wisconsin. Skyline. Um, Skyline. I did Skyline. Which and got sold um, recently. I know. And I just hit up the new owners. I kind of want to be like, I headlined this club a shitload. Please tell right. me he told you. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be like, Cliff, dude, I'm glad you sold it because he's been yeah. wanting to sell forever. I'm, I hope you're free. You're happy. Go live your life. Because that was one of those dudes that was such a hands-on owner. He yeah. did everything. He was if someone was talking, he would shush them. Yeah. He was taking pictures. He was doing the promotion. He was, he, that guy ran that club very well. Love that dude. Um but yeah, so I was working that club, and I remember I all day during the day. You got to pee. Don't worry, yeah. we'll pause in a sec. Okay. All day during the day, I would watch episodes, go do my sets, come right back and watch. Episodes. I think I watched like twenty-seven episodes in one. Breaking weekend. Bad. Or Breaking Bad. <laughs> all right, we're gonna. He's gonna pee break. Yeah, that's how I dicked it. So I caught all the way up to Breaking Bad, and. I'm fine. Fun. We paused it so we could piss, and I try to like pretend like Ooh, we'll slide way back into the conversation. <laughs> but I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bullshit you, listeners, like some no. other podcasts. Hey, or look, some other podcasts and their fancy production value and their producers fixing mistakes like this. Right. Uh, but I think the audience would appreciate the value of a good drunk piss, though. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. You. We both. You went. We went first, and I was yeah. sitting here waiting on you. I'm like, I better go too. Yeah. That was a fun one, man. It's I had a, a good fun piss on that time. Yeah. I used to time them. Because I would get to like two minutes sometimes. Dude, the next morning after drinking yeah. a lot, dude, I I, I could break Those that. knee bucklers were like five oh, minute mile, shit. you know? <laughs> Damn, dude. Yes. See, I need to get I need to get another female back on. By the way, if some of you listening are wondering, does he just talk to dudes? No, I've had three women on, and I need to get more women on. I've asked a few female friends, and they just they're they're they are busy. They're successful, and they're working a lot. Yeah, so that's what, I feel like that's what happens with booking a comedy show as well. No, because the point. ones that are really funny that you want on your show, they're usually booked. Yes, because there's less women, so but, therefore the ones that are really good get booked a ton. Right, that's and something that like, needs to be talked about. But the thing more, is actually. also when you try to book a like another female comic, and you don't feel she's ready for the show. Like, maybe she's only got a solid three minutes. But that's the same as it would be for a guy. Like, I'm not booking that guy because he's not ready for Oh, that. I would never book a guy who only has X amount of time. Right. And I book but, that like, it just seems worse because, like, there's so few women that there's some that are not getting booked yet. But you might legit there is feel something like, to talk as a about comic, with that. 
not even as a gender, but as a comic, they're not ready for the show. Yeah, no, I get you completely. And everyone wants the shows to be balanced, right? Because it's just more fun for the audience. You right. want all the same viewpoint. That's kind of boring. One of the things I love about stamp comedy is that there's variety built into it if it's booked right. Yeah, you know that's why I don't like a lot of these shows. Where it's like this is relationship material. This is this. I mean, yeah. sometimes they're fun depending on like. But you guys are talking about doing a Father's Day one, which is kind of fun, yeah. right? Like. Because we did a mother, or we didn't do a Mother's Day. We did Brown Girls Do It Better our last month at Pilsen Stand Up. Yeah, that's totally But we did totally Brown cool. Girls Do It Better, and then like I, I was like ready to fucking change the name the Pilsen Stand Up to just Brown Girls Draw Better because oh, they fucking sold that shit nice. sold the fuck out. Nice, but uh, I just feel like it. Well, cause comedy wise, I, I think we judge each other based on comedy as far as like a gender. Like I'm not gonna book this person because they're a woman. I'm not going to book this person because I don't feel they would fit the show. But it just so happens that you're a woman and there's so few of you that it makes it look makes us look worse cuz we don't want you don't want to put nobody in a position where they're not ready for. No, cuz you're not doing anyone a service. A service right. at all. You're you're hurting the show, you you're put hurting them in, the like, comic. Every comic you start in a low pressure situation. Yeah. So you get, eventually get better. Stamp comedy is very difficult. Yeah. Um, well not for me. I'm amazing. Here's but how some I know. people have it's difficult because with it, I think there's always people that say like, <laughs> "Oh, I can never do what you do." Like I hear that way more, you know, I hear that a lot as far as, like, I don't know how you get up there and tell jokes in front of people. The funny thing is when I hear that and people tell me how hard it is, I start to think, I, it's because I've been doing it 11 years. Right. You don't think about how I hard it was. I don't think when you, about it. But when you first did it. When I first did it, I was nervous as hell the first time, and then I realized I had to drop that quickly. What was your and, first time? Uh, Pressure Cafe up in Rogers Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Pillars Hall. Yeah. Pillars Hall. It was a pool hall slash coffee shop. Yeah. And I ate shit. And then yeah. I went up one week later at the same open mic. When I first started, I didn't realize you're supposed to go up every night. <laughs> I thought like, I remember someone saying, hey, you should try this open mic or that open mic. I'm like, no, I like this one. And they're looking at me like, what? I go, in my brain, I was like, I got softball on Wednesdays, basketball on Tuesdays, comedies on Thursdays. And then Friday, right. Saturday, I go out, the, out with the lady and the boys. You yeah. know, that's that's what that's, that's my week. I was, you know, I was 21, about to turn 22. I just didn't get it. Um, yeah, I started really No, with late. booking, I, I want to reiterate on this part of it a little bit. Anyone who thinks women aren't funny is stupid. So we're not even talking about that. All right. What we're talking about is it's a numbers game. Yeah. You know, and there are way more men who do it than women. And I'm yeah. not saying because of that it should be way more. Would you more say men. it's ten to one? Mm. Yeah, close. Ten to one. So imagine that. It's t- and the thing about it is that is, so the women who are good get good. F- I feel like women get good faster than men. Yeah. Maybe I, I don't. know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. But like. So, because of that, they move quicker. Chicago is still a feeder scene to New York and L.A. Right. I, it's slowly becoming not, which I'm happy about, because it should never have been that way. There's a lot of stupid reasons why Chicago is a third city to L.A. and New York, when really it should be right. As far as talent goes, it's just yeah, it's everyone close. Obviously, here, yeah. people come here to get good, then they move right. to New York or because L.A. Because of opportunities. Because of opportunities. But I'm saying yeah. more, more opportunities are starting to come this way, and with, with, more, with clubs I like the so. Laugh Factory... Keeping talent here longer because it's you That's could develop. Room. It's a showcase room, yeah. like a lot of clubs in New York and LA are showcase rooms. Where I mean, they have their headliner weekends here and there, but if you go to the comedy store every night of the week, it's ten comics showcasing from nine to one a.m. Yeah, ten to twelve. It, we need more name brand showcase. Every like, club we could do was, it, the independent shows are cool. Any shows are great, it, and the bar but shows no are great. One, but you need a name like oh, Laugh Factory. That's trademarked. Dude, that's, it brings in the it brings in an oh, audience yeah. and, and a good audience and an audience yeah. of money. That's, yeah. you're like I like you. I want to buy your shit. Right. And that as artists is what you need to sustain and keep pushing yourself to do more. So if every club, 
if Zanies and um, Comedy Bar and every Comedy club Bar is really good about doing showcase. They only do the just the weekends, but oh, cool. During but if the week, every club, but if even if they did the weekends, every club yeah. operated that way. It'd be so beneficial because then it could be like yeah. in New York and like in LA, more like in New York because LA's comedy scene is, could use a lot yeah. of work. And it's still this where you whole, could bounce from club to club, like, oh, I'm on the eight o'clock at Comedy Bar, but then I'm doing, I got a nine o'clock spot at Laugh Factory, and then I'm gonna go yeah. pop into this indie show, and then I'm closing out the 10 o'clock at Comedy Bar, and then I'm coming back from the midnight show at Zany's. So, so imagine if you were right. running around from club to club to club, and like then hit that. this mic that's still going on. Like. Yeah, and then maybe <laughs> another club or two, and then you got like five or six clubs, and then it becomes known. Where Chicago is a stand-up town, and right. the audiences in Chicago are like any club we go to, we're going to see the best. Right. They don't have to look up names, yeah. they don't have to do anything. They just know we're going to see great comedians. Yeah, and, and then you get people from out of town to come in, like, oh, well, I want to do that show. So yeah. I've heard about this show. I want to do that. And show. then maybe Comedy Central goes, "There's something in the water in Chicago. Oh hell yeah, we got to create a hub there. Yeah. Maybe we'll do. You know, you know how they had the meltdown in L.A. Yeah, which was like. Meltdown was just a cool Wednesday show ran by a couple of comedians, Kumail and Jonah. Nice dudes. They ran it. It was an amazing show at the back of a comic book shop. Fantastic, right? They turned that into a TV show. It was just a Wednesday show. So maybe Comedy Central starts sniffing around Chicago saying, yeah. Comedians, you should know. Boom. We're oh, going to yeah. air that. That's going to be our, a, a TV show. We'll put that right. on Friday nights at midnight uncensored. Then Netflix starts. So all of a sudden, more industry comes here. And, and some TV shows are starting to film here already. Oh yeah, because I, once they, I, I think once Chicago Chicago Emanuel came in, didn't he give the tax credit? Yeah, Daly was doing some stuff like that, and then they expired, and then they didn't re-up him, and then Manuel yeah, brought him Daly back. Yeah, because Daly knew he was getting that, that billion dollars yeah, that, Jesus to the parking. Christ, man. <laughs> God, Chicago is such a corrupt city when oh, it comes Jesus to Christ. shit and like it, that. What sucks is I'll never see it corrected in my lifetime. It won't be. For those of you who aren't familiar with Chicago, I know I got listeners from across the country, which I appreciate. You guys are amazing. And um, oh, I mentioned in the thank yous, Kevin Ulster wrote a great iTunes review. If you guys write reviews, anyone who writes a five-star review on iTunes, I'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. I would love to get to the point where I could even send you something, a little keepsake. I want to be inspired by my buddy Mick Bentoncourt. He had a podcast where if you wrote him a five-star review, not just the five-star rating, but you got to write yeah. the review too, he would send you a free T-shirt. I, I want to yeah. get to that point. I want to hook you guys up because I, I love podcasting. You need that dope kill I have another podcast called Community Talking merch. Baseball. It's my sports one. I'll talk some sports on this too. Maybe you and I will get into some LeBron Jordan stuff because I know me and you have <laughs> some fun Christ. with that shit. Um, or maybe we won't. Who knows? It's everywhere. But anyway, if you guys write that review, I'll give you a shout out. And if I could get something like, I don't know, lighters or magnets or even T-shirts, whatever I could swing into a budget, I will retroactively send it back to the people who... You know, it won't just be for new people. Yeah. I'm not gonna be like some phone company. Going, no, no, if you no, join no. me now, yeah, you right. get. I'm I've been suck member dick. for ten years. But remember, for ten T-Mobile, years, fuck fucking on jerk yourself <laughs> off dry. I'm not gonna. T-Mobile do that. gave me a fucking twenty-five dollar a year credit. I've been with them for ten years. Like, we'll, we'll give you two hundred fifty dollar credit towards your new phone. I was like, phones are fucking thousand dollars now. That's I've been with you guys for ten bucks? years. Twenty five dollars a year. That's all that shit. That's yeah. I was with T-Mobile. I bounced from them. Then I was with Verizon, and they didn't hook me up when we were gonna re up. I was like, you know what? And then I strapped around. Sprint gave me a better deal. And Sprint service has gotten way better over the years. I remember like six, five, six years ago, people yeah, were like, but now Sprint and T-Mobile are going to be fucking together. Are they going to merge? Yeah. I got to stop them, man. Sprint used to be next to We had the chirpers. I know. People thought that was so cool for it, a minute. It was. And then it's like. Then it went to Blackberries with the BBMs. Did you have Blackberry? I did not. Dude, I was BBM was amazing. Dude, I had the worst. I had a shitty Nokia that had a hair <laughs> inside the screen. And for the life of me, I don't know how the hair got in there because I never you dropped play it. snake because the fucking hair would fuck you. I don't even think it had snake. That's how bad this phone was. I got made fun of for this one forever. And then my buddy Dean Carlson finally said, 
we're gonna get you a new phone. That's so. And hilarious. we we went to this place like by his house, and I was like, all right, fine, give me a new phone. And they got like a red slide phone. It was kind of like a sidekick, but it was like it slid open. Oh yeah. And yeah. I had that tune lock because I remember hanging out with everyone who had iPhones. And finally, I was like, I got to jump Oh, you up. had that old shit with Dude, the iPhone? I had that old shit while the iPhone. <laughs> I, so the first iPhone I got was the iPhone 5. I don't I remember. Have my, someone, I'm an Android guy. I remember my but. buddy who's a professional hockey player looked at me going, when did you get an iPhone? I remember just recently, he's like, stepping up in the world. Like, give me like a fist palm. Like, okay, millionaire. <laughs> All right, man. I find, yeah, because I just didn't care. I wasn't that into that yeah. world. And now I'm too into that world. I wish I could slow back I on know, that you need to- social media and all that <laughs> other junk, man. All right. Um, let's. Pop back into uh, the third question. Yeah, what was the third question? We answered. Well, who was your second? You didn't give me really an answer. Uh, I can't give an answer. The Miz. You said the Miz? I, I would punch the Miz, but... You want to punch a certain type of face. Yeah, it's just a, it's a punchability to a face, and it's usually on some show I'm binge-watching. I just can't... Is, I know there's somebody definitive, but I feel like I the bully in 80s movies. You know who I... Okay, I can't say punch, because I don't want... I would never punch a woman, but like something funny like DDT... Uh, <laughs> what's her name? What was her name on the show? Deborah, and everybody loves Raymond. I can never get into that show. I had some Is friends the wife? who liked it. The wife. She was brutal, dude. <laughs> the second lead? Because she she'd like Jill from Home Improvement. Oh. All the, the nagging wife on yeah. sitcoms. And I know it's not really accurate. That, like, I'm, I'm sure there are women who do exist that way, but I know it was like yeah. overdone. But it was just the worst. I couldn't stand that person because it was always like, why are you so shitty? Just divorce him. Every time I watch those shows, I'm like, just divorce him. You clearly <laughs> hate his guts. Kids. Fuck yeah. the kids. They'll be fine. They'll be better without you. They'll become comedians. Forget them. They'll get twice the <laughs> gifts of Christmas. We're from divorced parents, me and right. you. It's, they're fine. They'll be fine. They'll, it's at the point now when I meet people whose parents are together, I'm like, dude, that's weird. I won't date a girl whose parents are together because they think love is real. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you think this is going to be forever? I wish I wasn't swallowing as you Fuck. said that, man. <laughs> you think this is going to last forever? Oh, no. We can't be together. Okay, I know why you're jaded, dude. For real, man. <laughs> Um, and here I am, married to my high school sweetheart. So look, love's See, real. but we were broken up for a little bit in between, though. People always ask me, were her par- are her parents? They are together. Yeah, yeah. So she's gonna. She knows how to make it work, though. She does. Yeah, yeah. She's great. But then the thing is, like, there was a girl I was dating, and I saw their. But I also know not know what not to do, too. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I learned that oddly enough from all the TV I watched, which is crazy. Like you know I learned how to from TV. I learned how to be like a decent human being from TV. Because there was just, like I said, I watch enough shows. I'm like, I hate that fucking character. I can't be like that person. And, like, I see another character. like, oh, that's a good dude. Like, he opens the door for women. I'll do that. Like, it's. No, that's a good point, man. I'm starting to learn. Because like, I was the parent raised by TV. TV. There, I watched a lot of TV growing up. Uh, and I never felt like it hurt. Some people think TV hurts you in some way. It, it no, depends. It, I don't know. It, I mean, uh, it does depend on the personal mentality. Like, if you're seven and you're watching, like, you know. Because I, I mean, I was seven. I was watching All in a Family Porn, type shit. Yeah, I was you're watching, in trouble. Uh, but I was watching like I watched All in the Family shows. too. I was watching All in the Family and stuff people like shit that. on Mash. I love Mash. Mash was Mash a was funny wordplay back shit and forth. Mash. But because when I hear the helicopter, doo, 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 and then the fucking dude, they, that would wake me up, man. I'd always fall asleep watching. Yeah. I still, I finally got off it. My wife got me off of it because our room's across the street from my son's room, and you know he's one, so we didn't want the TV waking him up. But for Pretty much my whole life up until before my son was born, I'd I'd have to fall asleep watching TV. Oh no, that's how I am to this day, and I figured out why it's for me, because my mom worked retail, so I would stay up waiting for her to come home, but I couldn't, so I'd fall asleep and the TV would still be on. And then as I got old, like as I kept 
getting older, it was oh, TV was always on, and now for me to sleep in total dark like silence, it's fucking weird. I can't fall asleep to silence. That's kind of sweet. I picture you being a little boy waiting for mommy to come home. Yeah, um, I mean, just for to bring me food. I was fucking. Starving. Where did your dad? Well, if you don't mind me asking, uh, once they got divorced, my dad ended up. He was a come to find out, he's a uh, degenerate gambler uh, on horses, which I know, don't like. Betting the ponies. He was betting horses, and he probably bet football as well. But as long that's as why they harness harness racing's fixed. Some I sometimes yeah, I don't know. Harness. I don't know what I just. Harness. I don't know what he meant, but I just on the wheels and they're whipping yeah, yeah, the horse from behind. It's, I don't know if he ever did that, but it was just always weird that like I would see him like with no money and then huge sums of money, mm. and I was like, oh okay. But then my mom found out, and then that's why I ended up getting divorced because I mean lights would get cut off and all types of crazy shit. Yeah, that's that's when it's the life bad. of a gambler. And then after they got divorced, he was living in those like. Uh, those men's hotels, or it's legit just a, just a one bedroom with a shared yeah. bathroom somewhere down the hall, and then eventually he ended up homeless. And then our br- me and my brothers got together and just sent them to stay with our grandmother in Puerto Rico. His mom. Oh, so he's in Puerto Rico right now. He's in there now, but I haven't seen him. Is since. he okay from the hurricane? I have no idea. I, I have not know. seen or heard from him since I was like nineteen. So. 21 years now. This is the part of bar talk where it gets a little deep. I tell yeah. people, I go, that's what happens. When I drink with friends at bars all the time, every now yeah. when we slide into some stuff. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why you, like, you, someone comes up, like, oh, I got something to tell you. But, like, but my thing is, and it's weird because people are like, oh, you don't miss your dad. I'm like, I treat it like a first love where you think about this person randomly, but you don't obsess or you don't, you're not concerned about it. And then if you hear something bad happens, you're like, oh, shit, that's fucked up. See, you know what I could tell, why I could tell you do very well as like a a really kind of, I think it's like a healthy coping thing. Uh Last week on the podcast, Marty and Colt gave me credit or credit, is that the word I'm looking for? I don't know. They gave me props. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying, but (laughs) they both told me, see, Marty revealed I have this uh, WCW NWO. Everyone who listens to the podcast, they've heard this. Uh, real quick, I have a wrestling video game, which we had to create a player. Yeah. I would create people I didn't like and beat the shit out of them. <laughs> and I would, sometimes, I didn't even mention this on the podcast last week, sometimes I would set it up where, instead of facing them as the computer, which you could always fuck up the computer. Right. If you have any video game sense. Oh, so you just put them as a player? I put them as a player so they the couldn't move. Blank, so they couldn't move. <laughs> and I was just doing finishers on them all day. It was fun, taking weapons. Fuck you, Todd. You're bringing weapons from underneath. Oh, absolutely. It was so much fun. And they were like, that's actually a really healthy, smart thing. And Colt's like, I'm, it's I'm, like I'm a punching bag. That. Yeah, exactly. It's a digital you're, punching you're bag. You're putting the pitcher on the punching bag and hitting right. the pitcher like a dartboard throwing the pitch you know yeah so you're you what you do is you i've picked up on this maybe i'm wrong but tell me i'm right hopefully i am <laughs> is you use like right there you go i, I equate it to a first love i think you deal with some shit by by having that re- you have to have that reference point to be yeah like, i right, deal in like analogies this. analogies yes yes i love i love a good analogy even in my stand-up. And your stand-up. I know. You got that great joke about uh, the new way of doing drugs where people like... Right. And I was like, at, I compared yeah. it to this. And like, I love that comparison because I just feel like this is a simple way to get my point across. And people, it they can relate to it. Well, yeah, because it, it gets people into that world and it, they get an understanding. Yeah. A good analogy lets people understand, oh, all right, I get it now. Right. I, I didn't quite know what you were saying at first. But the way you broke that down, cool, makes yeah. sense. I'm a because that's like so. that's I when I do stand up, I want it to be like people sitting there like, oh my god, he just put the thing I thought about into somewhere I can explain it now. Yeah, and that's what I feel like an analogy. I I love a good analogy. No, me too. I'm because a big fan of analogies, I like a good metaphor. 
I, I do like, I like a good uh, yeah. simile. I like a good. I'm trying to understand more <laughs> alliteration. I'm all about it. Oh, I love Bring it up. I love alliterations. I'm I'm trying to incorporate more alliterations just because people appreciate. Like, wow, he found that many words to start the letter C. They sound good. <laughs> they like, sound good. There's together. a good flow to it. You yeah. Know what I mean, well, as comedians, there's your I'm comedians looking for that almost K like music. Yeah, that shit's funny. The comedy. That's. Oh, you know what I was gonna say? I was gonna add to the whole women in comedy thing is that the so you know we're talking about Chicago, LA, New York, and all that kind of thing, is that the women, the really good ones, get a lot of bookings because they deserve them because they're fucking good and we we need strong female comedians, and because of that they move sooner. Yeah. So they they'll have a reign where, you know, say whoever I don't know I hate lists and all that stuff, but for the sake of it. Every year, there's a. These are the top ten comedians in Chicago every year. All right. We'll just use ten because whatever. And and there's always arguments with this too. Uh, say of the of the ten, there's three strong women in that mix, which I think is a fair ratio of. of yeah, uh, that's a, that's seven, a good percentage. Seven to three. That's a great percentage, yeah. really, when you consider the numbers who are are out doing it. Those three might do four to five years in a city like Chicago, like those other cities like Denver, or yeah. Austin, and Atlanta. Minneapolis, Portland, whatever. And then they bounce to New York or LA. Yeah. Where those dudes will be here for almost seven years before they make that move. Yeah. So the I mean, reign seems longer of being like at the top. Yeah. And so because then, And then when those women leave, so they're leaving almost, so at the same time, so they're leaving before the rest of their peers are. But imagine and how it's much. It's a lot of them. You but think also, comics, imagine how, it, much more stage right. time, how much more stage time they've gotten because they were one of the top female comics. Uh, totally. So whereas they might get two to three more bookings a week other than. Yeah. Me because they don't need another guy no, on that don't. show, and they're like we don't need. So like they get way, they also get end up getting way more stage time, which allows them to leave. They'll get way, they'll get more stage time in spurts, right? And in, in a way where it's like, oh, you're the new hot woman comic. Yeah. Well, we all need women comics, so we're going to put you on right. everything, you yeah. know. And saying this, by the way, anyone who's, and I'm sure I get some comedians who listen. I don't really know. I don't check with them, but and the people who aren't comedians, you could, you know. You, Equate this to your job. This shit goes down in other fucking uh, facets of life. But if you're a woman listening to this, we're not taking away from your skill set. We're not saying this is a bad thing. No. This is just the reality of it. Thing, no, just what I'm admitting saying is they're, that. They're just good. They're, they're getting good. that many yeah, more bookings. Absolutely. So like, they, just, they, they deserve, deserve the bookings they're getting. Um, but there's the comedians, there's those female comedians in the next tier who are probably like, well, I should be getting booked more. And look, that's fine. You, everybody should want to be getting yeah, booked more. You put your time in. But you got to put your fucking time in. Yeah. Too. And That's I what I'm I love not, about. I can't even think of specific examples. Not that there's anyone I would name personally, anyway, because I think there's actually, since I've been back, I've been back in Chicago the last year. It's been a little over a year now. I feel like this, the the female comedians I've seen this last twelve months, it feels the strongest crop of female comedians I've seen. Yeah, the there's, years there's a lot comedy. of them. There's a lot of female comics now, and I like or I love the, the fact how that many, seven years in Chicago though, eight years in Chicago. But but like you know what I, I'm saying? Like yeah, I love going to open mics and seeing just groups of females sitting together, like. No, that's awesome. And because otherwise, you just see a room full of dudes, yeah, and you don't get any perspective or anything like that. Or totally agree. So I I love seeing women like at a whole table, just an open mic of all them. And then I love the fact that they get up and fucking leave because they're gonna go to another open mic. Yeah, no, fuck yeah. <laughs> I love the whole fuck you attitude. It was like, all right, well, we did this. I'm no, done. Yes. I'm going to another open mic because I got to try to get better. And you got to like, have that hunger. Yeah, and that's what the fuck. That's what I love about comedy is that it's. As comedians, we you can control how good you get, right? And but as comedians, we each see it. There's 
you can't deny someone else is working hard mm-hmm. at a certain point. You can be like, oh, they're getting this because of that. But at a certain point, like, oh, wait, I see that motherfucker every night. Even at open mics, I see him doing this, and like he's this person. If you or, show up to the gym every night, you're gonna lose some weight. Yeah, it's, you're gonna get better. Whatever you're working on, and, and the this goes with everything. Whatever you're working on, you're getting better. I think that's why Colt is. I'm such a big fan of his. Having him on the podcast, you know, I kiss his ass a little bit. I don't need to kiss his ass anymore. But I think there's something. There's a relation with pro wrestlers and comedians. Oh, hell yeah. And this goes this way with music and acting too, and it's, for sure. It's the life. It's the it's idea the that you are too. grinding it out, and you because are, you found the terrible work, passion. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, I love this thing. That's <laughs> yeah. not. There's no degree. No. There's no. All right, no. I passed my classes. I get to be this now. There's, there's no that. You have to fucking work. It's you know. It's a lot of time grasping at air. Absolutely. Whereas, like, you just, yeah, you just don't know exactly what's going to happen. And then shit happens in spurts for everybody. Like, oh, shit, all my month, uh, all my June filled up. I had a bad now July. Like, how the fuck am I going to, how am I going to fucking fill July? Because if you don't have management, no. You almost, or an agent, I have an agent, but it's just for acting. But if you don't, have someone working for you on your behalf. We're yeah. we're not only comedians, but we're also like receptionists for ourselves. I mean, we're, I gotta learn. We're I, doing clerical work every day. Yeah, you gotta learn how to represent yourself without sounding like a narcissistic fuck. Something yeah, you have to learn how to control, like manage your time, which is huge. Yeah, and you you just gotta like, and also stay focused on this. Yes. While doing it's all this very other shit. easy to get comfortable and, and get lazy, and then you get bad. You got to learn like it's a ninety percent rejection or ninety percent, not even rejection, not even hearing anything back. Yeah, and then eventually something clicks. Like, oh, okay, cool. This is my fucking opportunity. I got to take this right now. And that's the thing is like, I love that where it's like, all right, this is what you this is what you're shooting in the gym for. <laughs> See, so me now, and you played sports growing up, so we yeah. used a lot of these sports analogies too. Yeah. This is what we worked up for. I like it. Hey, runners in scoring position. When let's, we did, when I did the, the taping at, at Rosemont for even a local channel, 26, yeah. the one night stand up. I was man. going it's up after. TV, baby. I was going up second, following Pat McGann. Who's if awesome. He's yes. done Letterman twice. Exactly. So Letterman's in my brain, and I had, just, I had just smoked with another comic. But my thing is, I like smoking until that paranoia comes in. I was like, you're going to fucking suck. So then I can, when I get on stage, that adrenaline kicks in and I fucking fight it. Damn, like, dude. That's my, weird, man. I proved myself right. So like, you almost like getting negative to force yourself yeah. to be positive? Dude, for the longest huh. time, following Marty DeRosa was one of my biggest fears. Because I would legit, when he was out there, I would sit on the side wow, of the he's stage. he's terrible. <laughs> I would, but he's, he was so fucking funny. No, I'd sit on the side of the funny. stage, I know funny too. and I'd watch him, and I was like, how the fuck am I going to match that energy and follow that? And it, But the weed would fucking feed into those thoughts, and then I got on stage, and the adrenaline would kick in. And that's how it did with the TV taping. I was like, this is what the fuck I did all that other shit for. See, Marty and I came up together, so I feel like we almost kind of do like a... To use another sports analogy, when they they talk about pitchers on a starting staff, always kind of like, oh, you threw a one hitter yesterday. Yeah, I got to match that today. But that's how I feel. That's how I feel now. Good, good. Yeah, I'm should, I, I'm should. getting to that level now. I was like, all right, I can follow that fucker. Like, yeah. like Russ. Oh, was a motivating Russ. thing. We yeah, gotta yeah. Follow, you know what I mean? You gotta, yeah. All right. That's how you know. That's you use everything as a your next step. Like, all right, I was scared to follow these guys. Now I was scared to do a room with only seven people in it. Now, yeah. <laughs> 
Because, like, when I first started, I started doing the Mikey O shows, and he had a minimum of 150 people down oh, on the south pack, side. Man. So he would, like, my first show was seven minutes in front of 200 people. And I thought that's what comedy was. And then I got into a room that holds 300, but only had seven. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I sound scripted as fuck right now. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, it's huge. You have to learn how to play in front of every little different... Yeah. There's so many variables that go into stand-up. Now, I, that's, I, when I talk about stuff like this, I go, shit, it is hard. But when I talk about it with regular people and they're just like, oh, man, I can't believe what you do is so crazy. I'm just like, I don't even think about it. Like, right. I don't think of it as hard. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. I, I never have that. There are some comics I know because I hang out with them and they'll bring up, man, oh, my God, it's so hard. And I'm like, is it? <laughs> I mean, I know it is, but right. like. But if you're doing, but my thing is, this is the only world I've been in. So I, I, but you're talking to another comic, so you should be used to this. But like, even tonight when I asked you, are they all Finnish? Like all those people from Finland? You're like, just do your fucking set. Yeah, because well, the reason I said it to you because do you have material that caters to Finland? (laughs) Abby, I remember thinking about that as I was walking away from you. So Abby and I did a show tonight, and I went up like a couple before you, I think, and. When I was walking, everyone's in like ten minutes tonight too. So it was was a fun show. I thought overall, it was fun. Um, I got a new haircut and I did like five minutes on that <laughs> shit. But we, uh, when I was walking off, you were like, "How are you?" Like, you're, I heard there's a bunch of foreigners in the crowd. I'm like, uh, "I didn't know that." I'm like, "I didn't, I didn't know there were foreigners." I mean, you know, maybe there were. Whatever. If, I mean, yeah, I feel I like let that get into my head. The people who laugh, laugh. You know, I've let that. I, used, I, I've let that get in my head too. It's, it's funny. You know, it's this fucking chair, by the way, has some metal parts sticking out right <laughs> where you want, right where you want to put your elbow. <laughs> And it keeps All poking me, terrible. and it pokes me in a way where I'm like, is there poison at the end of the tip? Because it's something a spy would do. You put the needle right there because their elbow would go down right there, and then you stab them, and they're going to pass out later. Uh, it's a shit chair. Anyway, though, man, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Though. I've had that before where I'm like, oh, they're all from this country? What the fuck? But like, even that? tonight, you helped me. He's like, wait, why do you give a fuck? They're here. <laughs> yeah, they're. I mean, they're here. So like, and- they're just going to – they either – they fucked up by coming here because they can't. Yeah, relate. they don't know the references. That shit's on them. <laughs> right. That, yeah. I don't go to so, Finnish comedy clubs going, hey, <laughs> hey, enough about elk or whatever the fuck you do where we get right. it. Free health care and, and, and moose. Yeah, I these, don't know. Today was one Finland, of the learning you know moments where like, someone just says something smart to you. Like, just do your set. I was like, yeah, why the fuck am I kidding? That's what like, I love and that's what I'm worried about with comedy though. I feel like there's guys like you and, and Dale was downstairs. Dale McPeak is a guy like that and um, Marty and of course uh, Danny Callis and Joe Fernandez and, and Flannery and Burke and, and Russ Williamson definitely. Yeah. Joe McMahon, you know what I mean? Um, there, there's so many comedians. Uh, Babylon who we just saw uh, who I, we could be dicks to each other and we know it's out of love. And oh, no, I wanted yeah. to bring up this issue in a sec. Well, real quick, let me just recap the whole thing I met with. I did that disclaimer with if you're a woman listening, blah, blah, blah. Nothing we said was negative tonight, and no, nothing I was to worry about that. The I'm only reason I even did that shit is because I get so annoyed where you talk about certain things and people don't want to own up to it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, you, know, you ever notice there, there are people who I know have a I, pretty sweet job, and they go, no, my, my job's tough. I'm like... Why don't you just admit you got a good job and it's pretty easy? Right. You always got to make things act like if I had a. It's a competitive thing. If I had a sweet gig. I have to I'm, match your struggle in some capacity. I have to relate. Like, well, I don't. I, that's such a I weird understand. thing that human beings need to get yeah. over. Or, or just like. It's just a everything seems thing. like a, it's a competitive thing. And every, everything now is so. We got to divide people. You're, what's, so. you're, you're in this yeah. camp. I'm in this camp. And because of that, we're so quick to act like nobody wants to. I know people. I fucking know people. Who had a great childhood, who had parents who paid for their college and helped them with yeah. their mortgage payments and all, and, and or helped them with the down payment, and that's great. That's fine. 
There's nothing wrong with that. No one's saying you're a bad person because of that right. or anything like that. If, it, if that's the case for you, own it. Be like, yeah, yeah. fucking life was great. I, I had some people help like me out. It's weird that they feel guilty about they, it. I don't know. No one's Be, saying you they should must, feel guilty. Yeah, they must have... They probably they're, run they're, across somebody that made them feel guilty. Someone must have made them feel guilty. I don't think you should feel guilty if you were if you grew up rich. I think you should acknowledge <laughs> it. Right. Fucking acknowledge it. Don't pretend like you had it. Don't pretend like you worked hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what's annoying when you, everyone hates the rich kid or the coach's son or those people who act like they deserve something yeah. just because they were born into a family. Don't be that person. Be like, yeah, I, I grew up rich. It was fucking great. <laughs> and I know that. And because I know that, I have to be sympathetic to people who weren't grown, right. didn't grow up like me. Yeah, that's the thing. Is just have be some empathy towards to- them. Yeah. Be like, oh, all right. I get it. Uh, yeah, like, I you know what I mean? Not everybody was as lucky as me. Right. And because of that, I should give more back. I should, or, or even if you don't want to give back, but at least be aware, be a good person in yeah. regards to that. Um, yeah, there's just like. This whole notion that like no, I worked for, for everything I got. Or I'm like no, you didn't. I know for a fact you didn't. <laughs> well, I yeah, you know, well fuck people. Dude, just admit you didn't. Yeah. No one's saying like if you want to then say look, look, I know I had it easy, but I I still put work into the thing I'm doing now. That's fine. I, right. I agree with that. I know people who are are very successful, but they had help. They still work hard. Yeah. No one's saying. That it doesn't take away. Like if you if your dad gave you a hundred grand to start a business and you turn that into millions, good for you. You right. obviously had to put some work in. Yeah. But acknowledge the head start you got. Right. You got, don't ever deny f- the fact that I got don't from deny. nothing. No. Don't because there are people who pretend like I built everything with my hand. No, you didn't. <laughs> you very much you did right. not. Because there's nobody else would have been able to get a hundred thousand dollars. Exactly. that's the thing. That was the thing with Trump. And I don't I don't really get political with this podcast. I don't give a fuck about because it's boring to me. It, if bet. someone listen if some people who listen probably figured out where my politics stand, although I definitely if there was an Eisenhower Republican running, I would definitely have voted for them <laughs> in a few different cases. I feel like I feel like I kinda hate both parties right now the way they stand. But my thing is, you have an opinion that you can judge on. You're not label. You're not stuck in one. I'm not group. stuck in one. No, I'm not. There. No, I'm very. No, that's how. In a lot I, of ways. I think that's how everybody should be. Everyone should be fluid as far as like something. When you get rigid, that rigid rigidity breaks shit. Yes. <laughs> so fluidness, like I can go this way, I can go that way, like. Well, because it closes you off, and, yeah. and and for for serious issues that affect human beings' lives, you shouldn't be married to one side or another. It shouldn't be like no. the Boston Red Sox versus the New York Yankees, where no. it's like, no, my team versus your team, and no matter what my team does, I have to stick with them. No, right. that's not true because a lot of times your team fucks up, and you should be like, hey, no, we need a new GM. Right. We, we need you got to call shit. that out. Yeah. You, you know all that kind of stuff. Um, but the reason I don't talk about Trump on the podcast and stuff like that because I think politics have just gotten boring to the point. I want this to be entertaining. I want this to be a fun podcast. Yeah. You know, I think people listen. Use. I'll talk about. I'll talk about serious shit if it's informative and interesting. But to me, all that stuff is just so annoying. But, but that's like life shit because like politics. How close is that to your life? You know what I'm saying? Like it's still distant. You still don't know what the fuck's going on and all the inner workings and all the other shit. So. Yeah. And you just get you just get tired of it. Like, you, you, want is, is, you want an escape from shit. That's what entertainment's yeah, supposed to be. Enter- yes, you want the escape from that. Um, uh, and and that's what I want this podcast to be. If obviously something serious happens, I want to talk about all the stuff you talk about in a bar. And sometimes you do talk about politics in a bar. Right. And sometimes you do talk about religion in a bar. I'm not going to steer away from those. If they happen naturally, they happen naturally. I just have found the subject of him to be very boring at this point. Yeah. Because 
by noon every day, it's all over Twitter, it's all over Facebook, it's you all over everything. You can't get you're, the fuck you're, away from You're it. over it. You yeah. should be over it. And Even how someone has an opinion on it every single day, like when I'm checking Facebook statuses, I'm like... But they're the same statuses. Every, yeah, exactly. They're all echo chamber shit. That's exactly. Maybe that's just who I, who I have on my page. No, it's everyone. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, maybe not. You, Facebook has been proven to be a piece of shit propaganda website <laughs> that will just shove back the stuff that, that riles you up. Whatever right. keeps you engaged and keeps you clicking right. on stuff. That's they will so show fucked you. Up. It is terrible. I mean, so the whole kneeling thing with the Philadelphia Eagles aren't going to the White House. Fox News posted a picture of the Eagles. I'm burping Just in the microphone. The beers, the Miller High kind of, Yeah, they're praying. It says, "Here's the Eagles kneeling." <laughs> right. Not, not one. Not one Eagle player took a knee during the anthem all year round. Nope. Not the one dude one. that did, he got cut before the game, before the season. Yeah, that was in preseason. Yeah. But not one person took a knee during the season. And Fox showed pictures of players kneeing in prayer to say, look at this. That's propaganda. Yeah. That's bullshit, right? And they later retracted it. But because of course, they got called so many, out by all the Eagles yeah, players. Yeah, but, but if a million people see it when they retract it done. later, that 100,000 people already saw it. And the million yeah. people aren't watching back because how many times, you know, it's, right. the damage has been done. And the thing is, once you see there. it and they show, the next hour when the news airs and they don't show that piece anymore, then you don't know what happened. But if you've seen it earlier, it's still there. Like, you think well, they're I giving see you the fresh memes. I've told people, I go, that, this meme's bullshit. It's a lie. And I've, t- I've told liberals that recently. Someone, someone had a thing with Tim Tebow taking a knee for abortion. I'm like, Tim Tebow did not take a knee for abortion. That's wrong. And I, right. said, I said, delete this shit. And then they gave me a hard time. I go, I, I tell my conservative friends when they post lies to delete it too. Yeah. I'm telling you to delete it too. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, it, I, I got to be fair. Crazy. I got to be consistent. There's such you a lack of consistency these you days. You go too far left, you end up being right. <laughs> and you go too far right, you end up being left. Yeah. It's, and it's like, uh, yeah. It's the, fucking weird. There's the medium, and what sucks is like the medium gets shit on yeah. for not choosing a side. It was like, well, no, this is the more logical side. We're all human beings and we're all I definitely lean left on, on most issues, but there are definitely some stuff where I'm like, no, I can't I can't hundred yeah. percent agree with you there. I think there I think there's a grayer and there's more more to be explored with all yeah. that shit, blah blah blah. But what kills me about a guy you like Trump it, is that yeah, right? We everyone should be open to everything. Is that he was a guy who literally said, I built everything. And then he said, This is a direct quote, I got a small loan of a million dollars from my father. He called back a mil- in what, nineteen what? Back in the late sixties, a million so, dollars was like a uh, fucking fifty million today. <laughs> and he called that a small loan. And then when his dad died, he inherited hundreds of millions more. There was a there's a thing that several economics people like not just like, well, this that's a liberal point of view. No, these are real people who are million and billionaires themselves. Yeah. Who said they looked at his finances? This was years ago because he's been hiding his shit for a while. There's a rumor that their whole Russian scandal is rumored from he borrowed money from the Russians because no New York bank would loan him money anymore. I don't he think he's a billionaire. Banker. A lot of people don't think he's a billionaire either. Because if you remember, he they was think doing he's way below that after, um, like. And that's he, why he's he went really, bankrupt. And that's then he the did, real reason he's hit his tax. He started doing all this other this goofy shit for money before the Apprentice, and then after the Apprentice, and he ended up getting roasted on TV because it was going to pay him money. Like, yeah. He then he started doing, his yeah. brand. My, I don't know. He sold. He sells himself as a billionaire. No, he was. I just, no, he's very savvy uh, from a business standpoint and yeah. promotional. I just that's why he think treats he has that money. He treats everything like it's reality television. That's why he's in the WWE Hall of Fame because yeah. he is like he would have been a great manager. He did he the been a great WWE. Bobby the Brain. He would have been great. You know what I mean? But like, the thing is, he did the WWE because he needed money. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course. All Anybody of, who needs money doesn't do that because he's not like he was a wrestling fan. He was quoting Ric, Ric Flair. Watch the documentary about how he fucked up the USFL. Like oh yeah, he is, the he thirty is, for thirty. Yeah. yeah, he is 
He is he's not a bad. He's not a good. He does man. not have the Midas touch. He's the no. opposite of that. So many of but his, his name has gone under, and that's no, yeah, he's that's got he's he got property. I think his Korea or is it China? He's got property all over. Uh, where it of, just has it, but it's just naming right. It's guaranteed rate field. It's you know yeah. It, you're right. It's U.S. cellular field. It's guaranteed yeah. rate. Every ballpark in the country has yeah, that. It's, it's a, he's Tropicana. selling naming it's, rights. You know exactly. His brand probably is worth a lot, but not anymore. I don't know. Well, after this, after. after the presence he's done with, I'm sure. I don't know, though. Some people still, I think he might get a second term. I I, I, I think it's embarrassing in a lot of ways. I mean, you and, see Trump shirts at Burlington Co. Factory. To have someone act the way he does, like, again, and I didn't want to get into this shit, though, and this isn't even an anti-conservative, anti-republican thing. It's not, an anti-this type of behavior thing. Yeah, man. it's just a weird thing. Like, like and some Whatever his like, policies oh, are. Whatever it's refreshing to have someone act like this. I'm like, dude, he's treating America like a reality television show. The whole, all, all these, there's certain issues that he's keeping going for because no it's points for him. Right. And, and things like that, you know what I mean? And everyone's like, well, look how good the country's doing. The country's been trending up for about six years now. Yeah, and then also and, we're at the highest he's passed one tax thing that actually fucked a lot of middle-class people, <laughs> including myself. It wasn't a great tax bill from that regard. Oh, because like now entertainers can't claim as much? Yeah, we can't, I can't write off a lot of shit anymore yeah. because they're, oh, we got to make it simpler. I'm like, you didn't make it simpler for fucking corporations who are fucking people in the ass? Come on, dude. <laughs> anyway, I just said like, that's right. my problem with rich people or people who are... are Take if, if something. Don't if you, deny a part of don't, yourself. Don't deny an advantage you might have. Right. So, like when we're saying that the funniest females in any comedy scene are getting a lot of bookings, we're not saying you don't deserve it. You do, but it's also an advantage, advantage. you would have. Right. You know. Yeah. Because every show is looking for that balance. We're to looking, be you good, know what I mean? female, and funny is way better. Like you, you end up getting getting booked more. As for like a guy that's funny. And a male, but he might have the same perspective as somebody else. Then, it's well, like what you're trying to say earlier, if there's a female comedian who has maybe a good ten minutes, and a male comedian who has maybe a good eight minutes, yeah, that female is getting booked every time. Or, right. or let's, the other way, I meant to say, there's a female comedian who's a good ten, and there's a male who's a good fifteen, yeah. and booking the female. Oh yeah, every fucking time. Right, and as we need a, more, we need but, more. My thing is also you know? as, as far yeah as a show. That's just as a person that produces the show themselves. That's solid logic though and it's also it can be hard sometimes though. Yeah, because like i mentioned need- earlier i want more women on the podcast but a lot of the ones i've asked have canceled and with this podcast because again i'm only third this is my 13th episode of the podcast i'm having a lot of fun with it like i told you guys i love podcasting yeah I'm a big fan of it i loved i still listen to am radio i'm big this medium is a thing that i'm really into and i'm hoping that that passion shows i really am so i I've been pretty, I mean, there are a lot of great female comedians that I don't know that well. So right. I'm kind of hesitant to, to bring on some people, not, not just women, but, but guys too. And there's been a few male comedians that I'm like, you know what? I'd like them on eventually. And there's female comedians on like on eventually. I got to get to right. know them a little bit. Right. Cause this is a podcast where people are drinking, they're letting their guards down a little bit. We're shooting the shit. Yeah, we're bouncing the topic. Out. Yeah. So well, you got to feel them out beforehand. And then eventually like, all right, I click with this person. I can talk to him. So it's me and you right now. Yeah. This is, I could have had, we could have had a third comic on. I was going to have a guy on Brian Babylon, who I'll get on eventually, but he had to bounce, which is fine. Yeah. Something came up. And so it's just me and you. And there's a couple comics downstairs. I remember thinking, oh, maybe I could add him. And then I'm like, I could get a woman on, and we could have a better perspective, and this would be fun. But the couple female comedians who are downstairs, who were on the show, I'm like, I don't know them that well. Right. So, 
I don't, I, you know what I mean? And, and sometimes maybe that'd be fun. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I could get to know them over the air. And then when, when shit goes yeah. in different directions, we might disagree. And that could be fun too. Hey, I'm already maybe doing do a podcast now. So whatever you do after this, I don't give a fuck. Well, no, I'm no, not but like, fucking like, but no, 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 but like, but that I, would I, be a good way to get to know them. But it also, it might make for a, bad, a quick, brief podcast. Cause like, wow, we don't click at all. Yeah, it could be boring or it could be really entertaining. It could be interesting. Maybe I'll keep it mixed. Maybe I need to have guys like you who I know well and we could, you know, bust each other's chops yeah. and, and, and we they, know we're cool. Yeah. And then I could have someone new and then, then we could kind of like, I don't know, filter through that way. Feel each other out, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good call. Um, yeah. I was going to add to it with, oh, yeah, you know, I remember when Jerry Seinfeld was, for, like he was in like second season of comedians and cars getting coffee uh-huh. and people were saying it's all white people right he's like that's all i know and which wasn't even true because he had uh chris rock and george wallace and george wallace was his best man at his wedding he's a big black he had him on in the first season maybe he was on the second season of george wallace chris rock was definitely on the first season though. okay rock was on the first season i think sarah silverman yeah but but the other it was like 10 episodes the other eight were white guys right and people were giving him shit and his whole thing was i'm not concerned with gender i'm not concerned with race i'm concerned with funny right which i thought was that's a that's an okay thing to say, but yeah. everyone, every, the me, blogs and headlines. See, so many people read the headline and not the article. Totally twisted it, and even when Seinfeld's or reaction, didn't even read the don't even know the source that they're reporting on. Well, his whole thing was to form their own opinion. This you know is what a saying? show in which I ha- I get, I, I, mean, I meet a friend for lunch. I meet a friend yeah. for coffee, and we drive around and talk about comedy. Yeah. So you don't think so? You want me to have on people I don't know? Friends will be white guys. I mean, like that's just <laughs> the, how I came up and all this kind of right. stuff. I got to piss again. Okay. Okay, back from the piss break. This is the podcast with piss breaks. You're listening to Kilgallen's Pub. Our bladders ain't shit. No, dude, I'm getting. <laughs> we I'm, broke the seal. That's what the problem was. Yeah, dude, I fucked up. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta eat something too before I do this next time. I get loopy. I feel like when you're not when you're drinking and not eating anything, you know. Yeah. And you had that good Brazilian bowl thing. That no, was, I haven't had it yet. It's to go home. It's to go home to. Gotta so heat that I'm, up then when you get home, man. I'm gonna smoke up again and. Eat some more. You're living your best life, and I'm proud of you. Um, (laughs) But Seinfeld's point with comedians and cars and coffee was just like, it's not a show where people were acting like it was this show that you like submitted to get booked on, right? Like it was <laughs> no, like it was doing Letterman or no doing one got that. It was his friends. Yeah, I'm like, this is it was a show on Crackle. <laughs> like, I, and people got so furious about. it. I'm like, this is where we're getting mad for the sake of getting mad. Yeah, and that's why I I think. Uh, a lot of like pushback comes from people in the middle. Where it's like, what the fuck are exactly. you arguing yeah. for? You don't have to watch this. Who cares if Seinfeld only has 80% white friends? If it's a white guy, those are probably the regular numbers. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, right? Like, and then natural, not, though, not, for doesn't make every you group racist, of people. But no, it doesn't. That's natural for every group of people, though. Yeah. And I, I, I brought this up before in the past, and I probably didn't come off great. Oh, who gives a shit? We're talking about representation. Now, I'm all for, obviously, there needs to be more, you know, more representation is a good thing, of right. course. But I only get worried when, like, say there's a movie idea. Where it's a group of guys who are doing something, I think people are going to tell this people don't write that script, include women. Some figure out a way to include right. women. Right, or you got, like, you got to make sure you got a gay dude or an Asian dude. Yeah, or, like, they want you diversifying stories. Yeah. Well, I'm like, that's not genuine though. That's not reflective. That's reflective of a, a world that doesn't exist, and that's not art. No. Art is supposed to be reflective of reality. You know, like yeah. or at least at least shine a light on it. Um, and, and but the only thing like, like, you, what bu- you could do in a movie, I don't know. You could do in a movie is make sure you don't play up the stereotypes. That if you I agree do with. have a person of a certain color, like okay, well, a black dude is not going to be the drug dealer or the gangbanger. Or Latino dude is not going to, you know, what I'm saying or the Latino woman is not going to be a maid. 
Yeah. If you have another character that's Latina, don't make don't make that person a stereotype. No. But if you have a movie where it's just a bunch of du- white dudes hanging out. But if there's a taco truck, I'd prefer it to be a Latino running it, man. Otherwise, that's Right. But even now, it's like, it'll be a, it might be shit. a white dude running a fucking gourmet taco well, truck. Well, I'm not eating there because that's going to taste like shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but as long as you don't have the guy like, hey, what's up, Holmes? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you don't yeah, want yeah, that stereotypical shit. No, like, I agree there. No, I agree there. And I do think let's have more opportunities for stories. From people who yeah. aren't just you're running right. the mill, you know, and yeah, but also let's, let's open more up voices opportunities for uh, for us Latinos, blacks, uh, Asian, whatever. Yeah, minority, yeah, no, to I'm tell our that. stories. That's I'm what the other yes. problem is too. That I agree with. Open. Yeah. Let's, let's get more stories out there, more voices, because right. then it's more interesting, and then people get to respect each other yeah. more. And and yeah, you get more. Yeah, it's and great. my thing is like, and by, it, by the way, saying that isn't anti-white. Who no. was thinking? Well, what the fuck's wrong? Like, but like, people were like, that. Like, dude, come on. Those movies don't do well. You got to give those movies a chance to bomb as well, and so they get it right. That's fair. Just like stand up. I mean, but you know these these companies do. I mean, I think. Yeah, give them a chance. But I understand right. them. They're like, well, we're not going to invest twenty million into this shit. Right. Like, I get it. Like, I mean, you can, there's they, these, you can they, still make a decent day, movie for four million dollars, dude. Studio heads, like the average lifespan. If, if you're head of a studio, you have that job. If you have that job for two years, you have that job for longer than most people. Yeah. I mean, every eighteen months, these people are switching out networks. To, yeah. So you know, there's a new head of HBO. There's a new head of TBS. There's a new head of Warner's. A new head of Universal. Like you need to. You need to it's get someone such. Cu- it's cutthroat, man. That's like you need someone like the Spurs, where you just got. You need a commissioner like in a sport. Where it's we like, got right, Popovich. Give, give him a good ten year. <laughs> they should run for terms. Give him a six year term or something or five yeah. year. I don't know whatever it is. Let them. Let them. Don't fire unless they do something foul. But don't fire them because the, some movies they had went bad. Well, like, I was watching. I was. I. I have you know the Amazon. So I was watching some movies on Amazon Prime, and I came across Eight Men Out. And on my baseball podcast, me and Stuck in Baseball, you guys can check that out on Stitcher and iTunes and everywhere. And I early in the season, like in April. During the when the baseball season first started, we did a whole thing about the best baseball movies. Yeah, because every year, like in March, I start to watch. Late March, I'll watch some baseball movies get pumped up for baseball season. <laughs> you know, it's like a fun thing to do. All right. And Eight Men Out was mentioned by a few people, and I'm like, you know, I, I saw it. I remember seeing it, but it's been so long since I've seen it. I, I can't remember. Yeah, it. I don't really remember it. So I watched it just this past week, a few days ago. Eight Men Out has like two women in it, and they say three words. They're like the wives and girlfriends of the players. Yeah. And they say, do you think you're going to get in trouble? Like, that's like <laughs> it. And, and they didn't even need to be in it. Right. And I feel like if that, and that movie came out in like the late 80s. And I feel like if that movie came out today, there'd be some people who were like, well, you couldn't get any women in it. It's like, it's right. about eight baseball players in 1919. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying women didn't exist in 1919. Of course they did. But to fit them into the role would have been a lie. Other than their wives or their girlfriends. There were no female writers, which is bullshit. I mean, there were no reporters. There was no, like, female news anchor going. There was no TV. So there was, you know, it's just like... But here's what the opposite, like, well, not the opposite, but... So if you make that movie now... You'll get like the black and Latino communities like, oh, so you just limit, like, so you just tell a story from back in the day where you didn't have the book black and Latino players. You know what I'm saying? Know, like, we it's would, a historical thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just history. But like, it's, I feel you like know that's what I never where understood. The would be come from. Here's what I would do. Like, if you want to keep, because obviously a movie like black period Panther pieces are how white people avoid diversity in movies. <laughs> yeah, but why can't they do purity pieces from Hispanic and black culture? Like the Moors, they, yeah, the Moors were fucking badasses. I know. Well, I mean, they were. Well, they tried to do that. They, 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 they did that. that uh, it's like saying the Vikings were badasses. Technically, they were, but they're also assholes who were fucking di- like raping was, and pillaging. What was that? But, Gods of Egypt or some Egyptian movie that came out not so long ago, and they booked like it was all white dudes and like, well, no, well, it was that Egypt was a horrible fucking idea. But <laughs> but why I think make 
make the comic book with the black superhero. Make the comic book with the Hispanic superhero. Yeah, that's why Black make Panther was so huge. Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing about that. It's a numbers thing. I remember someone saying, like, it's how stupid people are where there are some people who are like, Black Panther is not just for black people. I'm like, no, clearly it's not, by the way, because it was the number one movie at the box office by a large margin. Right. And, it, and clearly yeah. it wasn't just black people who saw it. Right. Because numbers-wise, black people make about 13% of the population. So if all 13% went to see it, it still wouldn't have equal the 400 million it made in its opening month. You know what I mean? Like, They'd have to see it like 10 times. Even. Yeah. Or like so you had to get some Latinos in there that it was have a to movie, see it. The same the same thing. I know I have I have black friends who love the movie Super Bad and Old School and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and, yeah. and Home Alone. There are no black people in those movies. No, not at all. Right? I mean, there should there'd be great if there was, but they the same way my black friends still love those super white movies. Of course, white people could like black movies, and this is where Hollywood has been behind in the times, and where the, it is almost like a institutional racism. Was it girls trip? Yeah, that, that girls trip did pretty well. Black women. That was one or, of the. Was, you know what? Every white. You know what every white ten year old in the city of Chicago loved in the mid nineties. Ten to twelve year old scary movie. Those there was more like fourteen fifteen. Uh, for my generation, yeah. I'm going by my age group. The movie Friday. Oh, every one of my friends Friday. in seventh grade loved yeah. the movie Friday. You got knocked the fuck out. Like I think I even talked about that with, when um, Xavier Lamont was on the podcast. Here's what a the problem is: ago. is that they you can't quote if you're a white guy. You can't quote black movies that often. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you got to be very lines, picky you gotta, and choosy. You gotta, you gotta, it's quotability. That's what. <laughs> got to walk slowly. There. That's, that's why fucking sure, made Chappelle quit. And was like, because everyone kept saying Rick James, bitch. If you would have said Rick James, nigga, <laughs> so oh, that white people couldn't quote it, yeah. there was no way they could have said it. Yeah, that, I mean, he quit for a lot of reasons, but that <laughs> definitely drove him off the fucking rails. I but, feel like, yeah, I just feel like the quotability of the fact that, like, you can quote Friday all day. I miss quoting movies. I don't see movies as much as I used to. And by, by quoting, like a good quote, I'm not talking yeah. about being one of those. Dudes who was like fucking. They, oh, you should do stand up because you drop running, a quote, yeah, movie dude, quote, running quotes into the ground, still quoting Happy Gilmore, and Billy Madison, and all that. <laughs> but I remember this is when I first. This, ooh, I loved about starting stand up, and you could probably relate to this because you and I grew up in you know both Chicagoans and stuff like that, and so many people who do comedy here aren't from yeah. Chicago. But I, it was my first when I got into comedy. It was the first time I was exposed to people who were different than me. Essentially, because I grew up, everyone I went to high school with was very similar to me. Everyone I went to grade school was similar yeah. to me. Like, you know, we're all, you know, we all love sports. We all blah, blah, blah. We all like drinking, you know, all that kind of shit. But it was the first time I met people who were like, I, dude, I remember when I first started doing stamp comedy, I heard people talking shit about the movie Boondock Saints. I'm like, everyone I went to high school with loves Boondock Saints. I watched I it again. I was it. like, I watched it again. I was like, this is a terrible movie. But when it first came out, you oh, yeah, when it, first, it was gangsters, fuck, dude, yeah, it was they had cool, guns, man. They were doing the shit in slow motion. Yeah, <laughs> they were shooting people while praying, yeah, and they put the cool. fucking stones on the eyes. Yeah, it was good times. Yeah, and they even kind of made fun of the fact that like, oh, that's movie shit. Like, what are you doing? You know? Yeah. Um, to me, it was Irish guys shooting Italians, and I in my high school it was a lot of Irish and Italian kids, and the Italian kids had all the cool movies like Goodfellas and stuff. So finally, it was like a movie for us. That was I'm like saying finally, The Departed actually was more of our movie, still done by Scorsese. But when that movie came out, I'm like, this doesn't even need dialogue. It's Irish people shooting Russians and Italians. This is great. <laughs> but I remember hearing these comics or you know people I was just getting to know. I'm like, wow, they don't like that world. And then hearing them making fun of people who were Amber Crombie and Fitch, I'm like, God, a lot of my friends in high school were Amber Crombie right. and Fitch. I didn't. I was like a. Je- I wore jeans and a cub shirt every day. I was very simple like that. And I actually wore NWO black and red shirt. I have a picture of me in front of the White House wearing a Wolfpack shirt. It's pretty badass. Wolfpack. 
But I remember just being like, damn, this is a different world. This is like, yeah. and it made me appreciate some stuff, made me appreciate my friends I grew up with even more. But then it made me appreciate the other side of things. But then it also made me realize everyone's the fucking same. And I'm bringing this up because we're talking about quoting, like, you know, good movie yeah. quotes and all that. I'll never forget this. I was at this bar. I don't even think it op- it's open anymore. It doesn't matter. And I, we were all at one area, and so we were taking turns getting rounds. And I remember getting one round, and I heard these dudes, d- definitely hipsters, skinny jeans, look like I hate my dad for no reason type right. of thing. You know what I mean? He just cared for you, but thought maybe you should get another skill besides the banjo. <laughs> like, you know, the, play a real instrument. Some even the bass would be cool. Right. And they were like, you know, one of those, those, bass. those fucking dudes. And they're all talking about how much they hate when people quote movies. It's like, Oh my God, don't you have a personality? Is your, your whole thing quoting Will Ferrell all day? And I remember thinking like, yeah, that's a decent point. Yeah. It gets right. a little annoying. It gets annoying when people run quotes on the ground. I get that. Sure. You know what I mean? But I also, it's a great inside joke sometimes, though. Yeah. Because like, if you were with your friends and somebody says something and you say something out of this movie that maybe it means something to you and your friends. That's, that, I'm, I, this is the point I'm leaning to. That's great, right? right? I then la- I went and got the drinks. About 20 minutes go by. I go back and get another round. These dudes were quoting fucking song lyrics and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the same shit. Right. You're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing, yeah, like because you know it's I mean? not popular to the rest yeah. of everybody else. Yeah, it's a, and, and it's the same thing. Hipsters are no different than jocks. Mm-hmm. They're not. They think they are, but they're really not. No, everyone um, has. They like, act. They, they they dress like everyone they hang out with. They act like yeah, everyone they, they hang out with. They form that clique, but that clique still has the same tendencies as same this clique over here. You know yes. why? Because we all consume the same amount of fucking information. We do. But it's, it's, it's right. It's clicking this. You it's know? just also like, like open, how we process open, it. We process it. You and I process it through sports and through analogies. Yeah. <laughs> and these guys express it through music quotes. But, but this like, was how full of shit. They're also one-dimensional. I remember hearing this one guy say, oh, I'm not into sports. I'm into music. I'm like, oh, that's funny because my cousin, who was actually at the time was in med school, but now he's a fucking doctor, just got a fellowship. He obviously is a scientist. He's right. a fucking doctor. Um, loves sports. And also plays some of the best blues guitar you ever hear in right. your life. It's weird unbelievable guitarists. So good will blow your freaking mind. It's weird when people are like, oh, I can't do that because I do this. Like, why can't you be a well-rounded person? Exactly. And I feel like that's <laughs> somewhat on like the hipster side. But I mean, I'm sure every yeah. little group that labels because it's cool. Like, oh, labels I, themselves. They just have no time for. Just close yourself off. Like, just be. A, it's their way of being like. I wasn't picked for the team, and I don't care. Right. And I'm part fine. Of, Just say I suck at sports. I'm not into them. All right, I cool. Found, yeah, and I found something that I, I'm a yeah. part of. Like, you, know, you don't have to. You could be here. into music without shitting on other things. Yeah, that's what they're doing. That's why you know I, I mean? hate. I also hate when people say this is the best. I'm like, no, that's your favorite. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this player is the best. Like, no, that's your favorite player, your favorite and player. you have a defense for it. But if I it's have like the LeBron Jordan debate, we'll yeah. never really be able to figure it out. No, it's and impossible. The people who think LeBron is the greatest of all time, you're wrong. And you're just so <laughs> wrong. And you're you're not enjoying LeBron because you're too busy trying to compare him to someone who's way better than him. And it's so embarrassing for you. Yeah. Um, this is no bias. <laughs> now LeBron's amazing and I do like watching LeBron. Do I have, do people say you have a Chicago bias because of the Bulls? Yeah. Well I mean I, I learned that, I, might, I learned that just from being a comic and meeting people from different places where they're like, yeah, Jordan was cool, but he wasn't my favorite because I didn't grow up with him. Yeah. I understand that, but Jordan I, was cool. I remember Jordan was not their favorite player, though. Jordan was clearly cool, man. Jordan was very cool. You know what I mean? Like, you know how many friends I grew up with who were named Michael? I don't know anyone named LeBron. That's how cool <laughs> Michael is. People are naming their kids Michael. I know people that have named Nobody's their kids named. Michael and Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. 
I wanted to name my first son Michael Jordan Kel Gallon, but my wife said no to that. So, and if any, <laughs> like outside of you go to someone like Oklahoma. <laughs> and like, oh, what's your son? Michael Jordan Kill Galen. Oh, okay. That's just a regular name. Sure, yeah. In Chicago, it's like calling your kid fucking Sheffield Ad- Addison Sheffield. Or I know someone who's <laughs> Waveland and Addison. Is Addison they call it, they call him Addy. Um but yeah, man, I, I with the Jordan to me though and again we were talking about the comparison and you yeah. can enjoy stuff and and because of one thing doesn't mean the other thing. It doesn't take away from what you're accomplishing. Like Right. But I think the Jordan LeBron argument is more for the sake of argument. Yeah, it is and for. It, any, I have more fun with it than. Yeah, it's else. a legit just you trying to you getting engaged in something. Yeah, it's like because you're never you're never gonna prove something. You're never gonna prove to somebody else. Well, yeah, because we can never bring them both in time, and, right. and you know we can't transport uh, Jordan in his prime into today's yeah. game, and we can't transport LeBron in his prime to the '90s '80s game. You know, yeah. I mean, we can't do that. Just, I think the, it's just like every argument is like, all right, well, and we both know though if you took LeBron today. Or not even LeBron today because he's well. He, he actually did an amazing offensive year. So let's say LeBron today, yeah, and brought him into the nineties. How would he fare against Jordan? We know what would happen. But he who would else? sign with the Bulls because he doesn't like competition. He imagine, <laughs> but imagine if Carl Malone, which is basically the same size as LeBron James. Yeah, but LeBron's way faster. I, exactly. Yeah. So imagine if it was Stockton and LeBron <laughs> versus Bull, the Bulls. You know, there's the argument with that is that LeBron needs to be the point. Right, he doesn't like he doesn't like giving the ball up to other people. So yeah, because he's, he's played with points and he doesn't give them enough a chance to actually fill that role. Who, what point guard has he ever played with? Well, he played with guys who were technically point guards. Right, but he always controlled. It. He's a point. But forward. he he's, likes. He's a point forward. Yeah. He needs that. That's his style of game. Yeah. His offensive game to me is very close to Scottie Pippen, except for his. He's developed a way better jump shot in his later years. Pippen never truly developed that that go-to jumper. He could hit a little turnaround near the yeah. baseline. He could hit a three. LeBron for a while was drive to the basket three. Great in transition. Yeah. Pippen the same way. Um, and then his all-around game with the rebounds and assists was more like magic. But then when he drove to the basket, see, that's the thing with LeBron. Like he's he has all these tools to be great. But there's but only there's s- some stuff missing. It, I don't know if it's missing or he just doesn't do enough of one thing because he does all of everything you know well, that's what, what i mean like i talked about this before with people and it's one of my theories i have on him where i was watching him last year now obviously that warriors team once they had a durant was just insanely good yeah uh but i noticed when i was watching last year lebron would have games where in the whole first half he was just you get the ball he was attacking the basket attacking 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 but the problem is when you do that for a whole half, second half you're gonna be a little tired, right? And and and, and the defense beat up. and the, you're gonna get beat up a little bit, and the defense is gonna change. So in the second half, the defense was changing where he couldn't drive as easily. So now he's to kick it out to his teammates. His teammates were didn't do shit in the first half because you didn't allow them <laughs> they, to. They didn't get into rhythm. Yeah, because yeah. you were you were you took over. Yeah. So in LeBron's mind, he's like, I, I fucking came out and I took over like everyone wants me to. Then in the second half, when I needed help, you weren't there. It's like, well, yeah, because you were rusty. I remember when the bear in the Bears Super Bowl loss to the Colts. Rex Grossman threw eight passes in the first half. Maybe 12. Eight to 12, real low amount. Yeah. Second half, we went down. So now he has to pass. Passes were terrible. They weren't sharp. They weren't on time. You know why? Because he barely passed. Yeah, because it was raining and you're trying to make... (laughs) Yeah, so they were just relying on one thing. I remember it was a little rainy, but guess what? Pam Manning was still throwing bombs. Obviously, Pam Manning's way better than Rex Grossman. I'm not comparing them. There is something about being in a rhythm. I just remember like even just hearing about the preparation of Peyton Manning versus Rex Grossman. 
where Peyton Manning was like scrubbing balls, getting the shine off of it, so that way it's easier to grip. And then Peyton, or Rex Grossman didn't do any of that shit, so that's why the ball was slippery. Also, Rex Grossman had tiny Donald Trump hands. He did have tiny hands. <laughs> Probably a little dick, too. No, I don't know. <laughs> Although it would be sad. If your first name is Rex and you have a small dick, that is a horrible kind of irony. No, he was short. So like short guys usually got fucking... But, but he wasn't now. like 5'2". He was short for <laughs> NFL standards. I think he was That's still true. probably 6 feet tall, 6'1", no. or something, right? He was I like 5'10", 5'11". Yeah, I think he was under 6. Oh, that'd be shocking. Yeah. That'd be surprising like, to hear. All right. What, uh, was it, what was the third question here? Oh, yeah. We got to get to the third question. What was I wrapping up on, though, before we switched to Rex Grossman? Oh, no. I was talking about with the LeBron thing. And, and then oh, we'll, yeah. we'll move on because it's, it's been talked about. And plus, my guest next week, I know, is a big sports guest. So we'll probably get into some more all-around stuff. But NBA, I, I imagine, because the NBA finals will be wrapped up. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I feel like he's kind of like he's like, you're right. He's, he's so good at so many different things that there's no balance. Where the no. Bulls, everyone talks about the Bulls of the 90s being, I really think these super teams have more talent than any of the Bulls teams did. People don't yeah. realize that, though, because they're thinking Jordan, Pip, and Rodman. Rodman in the second three-peat was a role player. Because he had one legit, role, get rebounds, and yeah, play tough D. But, the, but everyone on the Bulls had to play tough D yeah. because that was Michael Jordan's psychosis. Well, think about it, it was, he wouldn't let you slack no, off. It was like uh, the Ben Wallace Pistons. What did Ben Wallace do? And he won... He was almost MVP or some shit like that. Yeah, he blocked shots, played. Yeah, he played he got a lot like, of rebounds. So he was, pretty but he much was a better offensive player than Rodman was because he at least put the ball back in the hoop when he got the rebound. Rodman <laughs> would get an offensive rebound and kick about it immediately. Yeah, he would, or he would, he would run off with it. Rodman was averaging four or five points a game though. Yeah. Second three P. Also, but in also that second, rebounds. yeah, yeah, in that second three P. Pippen and Rodman during those three years missed a combined ninety games. Jordan missed zero. So when everyone always acts like Jordan and all this help, how much of like, that was suspension for Rodman though? Rodman was suspended a bunch of games. He kicked that one he cameraman. Kicked that in the, he, kicked the, he kicked the cameraman in the dick. You're not really allowed to do that apparently. <laughs> Pippen had a bad back uh, the one year, and I'm not, I'm not taking away oh, from LeBron or trying to overhype yeah. Jordan, but we you forget we traded Will Vanderbilt for Dennis Rodman straight up. That's how Bailey Spurs were. I know what you're looking at me like, why did they call him Will Vanderbilt? You ever hear this story? No. His name's Will Purdue, for those of you who don't know, who's also famous for having a size 24 shoe or something. Huge dong on that guy. (laughs) Michael Jordan, my cousin Danny brought this to my attention, so I got to give him credit. Michael Jordan called him Will Vanderbilt. And when they they all looked at him go, why? He goes, no one that bad should have the last name of a Big Ten school. That's what Jordan said. (laughs) Because Will Purdue was brutal at basketball. Will Purdue, that's how... the. Think about this. The San Antonio Spurs accepted Will Purdue <laughs> for Dennis Rodman. How and, bad do they want to get rid of Rodman? Very badly. Because Rodman was suspended and hurt and yeah. was just fucking shit up and only played like 40 games his last year. Even though he led the league in rebounds. I, I saw that. go. How do you lead the, lead, lead the league in rebounds only playing 45 games? The NBA has got a weird lead the league. I can't talk. Lead the league rules. Yeah, you know, in some sports, it's like you got to play X amount of it. Like baseball, you have to have at least this money, many at bats to qualify for a league leader in anything. You know, yep. unless it's like home runs or RBIs, or some shit. Like for bat, for any average stuff, you have to qualify. So I was, I was surprised to see that with Robin Lean League and rebounds. He's played only play like 45, 48 games or some shit. But they. Also, when you look at people hear that at face value, going, "Oh, they traded Will Purdue for Robin. That is weird. How badly were they?" Yeah. Also, put this into the equation: Who was their starting center? The Bulls? No, for the Spurs. Rod, uh, Robinson, was David it? Robinson. Yeah. So a team that had David Robinson. Traded for, for back, a backup center? I wonder who their what backup, the fuck? I wonder who their backup center was. Exactly. Was. Like, Robin was going into his... He was older at that point. Yeah. Um, he was, like, two years older than Jordan. So, like, when 
Jordan was 35 when we beat Utah the second time, so Rodman would have been about 37, 36, 37, maybe it was a year apart. I also disproved the myth that there was a myth that the Bulls waited for the Pistons to get old before they beat them. It's a myth. No, I saw the post. You saw that up. complete yeah. fucking myth. Dude, there's so many I like myths looking at your post on Facebook because it's like, fuck you, younger guys. <laughs> there's just so many myths with sports that people just blindly accept, yeah. and it bothers the hell it's, out of me. Anyway, yeah, it's the whole. Um, here's the third question, though. We'll wrap it up on the third yeah. question, and then because uh, we've been podcasting for about now. Oh shit, we're coming up about two hours, man. Nice. Damn, man. We're having fun, though, man. I've had a yeah, lot man. of podcasts about this long. So, question number three, and then we'll we'll call it a night. Thanks everyone for listening. Would you rather clean shit, the worst shit ever? We're talking, like I said before, like Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne crawling through a football field worth of shit for freedom. Though it's a little different. Uh, clean like the worst smell yeah. ever, 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 ever. Every day, every single day. But every day after work, you get to have the best sex. Or would you rather be a multimillionaire, but you only get to have sex once a month and it's missionary? Uh, I would definitely choose multimillionaire once a sex missionary. Yeah, I would too, man. Because Because here's why. (laughs) As I've gotten older... I don't care about sex all that much anymore. (laughs) Like, I like it. I enjoy it when I get it. Like, uh, shout out to my girl, Amber. (laughs) But when we do it, it's cool. Up, Amber? But I don't, I don't like, I don't pursue it like I was when I was younger. I got you. And I'm not keen on smell. Like smells, bad smells will fuck also, me up. Also, I realize there's a flaw in my question because the multi-million dollars you could have enough fun to fill the gap that sex would have been. Right. In. Like I, can I get, still, I'm, I'm, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I get I'm a not, jet ski. I still like a lot of sex, you know what I'm saying? But like, I do too. But I know, of course you do. But I get it makes me think there was a Kirby enthusiasm episode where Larry David was like, eh, it "Gets boring after a while, doesn't it?" Eh, yeah. We're talking about sex. Like, I, uh, the, I mean, the back and forth. The missionary we, we part. It. The missionary part was kind of bothersome. That's that's why I had to throw that in there. Because if it was just sex once a month, you'd be like, "It's not that bad, right?" But it's like if I have a really good hardcore session, maybe we do it for a couple hours. Yeah, I jerk off a lot, and, and you know, I got the million, so I could just you know buy a, like you said jet ski. How yeah. fucking I can oh. pay for Viagra. I could do a bunch of cool fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that I'm making you do missionary—that's where that's the challenge. And just regular missionary. See, some people though, you know, why I chose the shit part, not because it's just the grossest thing ever. Because some people would say you're gonna get used to the smell. And then it's just not a thing anymore. Yeah, but and how every day sad? You're the, best, how, you're the best sex ever every single day. Yeah, but how sad would it be to know that your life got to the point where you get to use the smell of shit? <laughs> That'd be sad, but if you're going home and having the best sex ever. Well, what is the best sex? Like every day is just like, fuck, like the first time you and came. And I'm not even saying the same woman or the same guy or whoever was listening right. or whoever you want to interpret it. So as. every time you came felt like the very first time? It, yeah, by the way, was the first time you came the best time? Your first, your first cup shot remember. was not your best one, I hope. No, you, I know like, you're saying the feeling. You, I think you're 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 bringing like, the nostalgia into that first time. See that like, excitement. Yeah, it was like a hug from Jesus. Time. It felt great. <laughs> no, but here's why. Here's why. I fucking because when I first started masturbating, uh, to the Price Is Right. Shout out to Bob Barker's Beauties, Bobby B. Um, I didn't like. I felt I got to the point where I was about to come, and I didn't know what was happening. It, it almost felt like piss. Like when you had to piss really bad. So I was like, oh my God, if I keep going, am I going to piss on myself? And then it took another friend who's like, hey man, have you jerked off yet? And I was like, no. He's like, I'm like, I get to this point and I feel like he's like, no, no, that's when you keep going. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you keep going. And then he, I, next time I did, I was like, oh shit. That felt fucking amazing. Abby Sanchez. <laughs> 
Great stamp comedian, a man who was once taught how to jerk off. You'd be taught told, to finish. Taught I knew how, how to, to jerk finish. off. I yeah, was I knew how to stroke it. But like, no, you have to keep the going. completion is where I was. I didn't know how to finish the book. I was so scared. There's your analogy. I, I was you, so scared. You could write a couple acts. You'd help with that third act. All right, man. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Where could listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook as Abby, at Abby Sanchez, A-B-I-S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. Are you on Twitter, too? Twitter is that Abby Sanchez. And I'll, a- I'll tag you in the tweet so people yeah. follow it off of that. Follow Kilgallen's Pub at Kilgallen's Pub. Yep. Myself at Joe Kilgallen, and that's K-L Gallon on everything. Instagram. I, I, I Snapchat every now and then. Uh, I'm on, I'm on everything with my name, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. And if you like baseball, I have another podcast called Comedians Talking Baseball. But please listen to this one. Again, you, if, you've heard, if you're listening right now, you know we're not on current events. So you can go back and listen to all the other episodes. <laughs> and I really want people to know that, that, that you can go back and listen to episode one, episode yeah. two, episode whatever. I've got different comedians. And uh, I had a pro wrestler in Cole Cabana. I had a reality TV star in Amber James. So, yeah, definitely check that all out. Write us a review on iTunes. It goes a long way. We're on Stitcher as well. If you want to subscribe there and rate us there, just, you know, tell your friends. You know, I'm having a good time doing this, and I hope you're having a good time listening. This has been Kill Gallons Pub. Cheers. Peace.